Welcome to the Best Picture cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever, decided to start a podcast to review each one. Each episode, myself and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who should have won podcast. We are here to discuss the inner circle of movies, who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie that you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at our email, which is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that email is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. You can find us on any of our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, at bestpicturecast. So that's at bestpicturecast on the social media accounts. Please subscribe. Please rate and review. And we're back. Hello. We're back yet again, indeed, for a, uh, a little November edition of Best Picture Cast. We are back doing our Best Picture winners here. We're on a little, uh, little bit of a, uh, a side path there, doing some honorary episodes of some horror movies, some sub-50 movies and such. But we are back doing Best Picture winners here. And I have a uh, a couple of, uh, of frequent hosts here. This is the first one they're doing together. I know they're both they're both pretty excited. And we'll start by uh, one of the uh, the longest term Best Picture cast co hosts, and he is Artie B. Artie. Hi oh. <laughs> How's everyone doing out there? He is here, and he is joined by Oz. Oz is back in the mix again. Oz. Yeah, yeah. It's been a little bit. Excited to be back, and I had to call in the big guns for this, uh, this yes. picture. So here we are. Yes, we had an open date smack in the middle of November, uh, the week of Thanksgiving. It had to be two uh, two veterans here, and this 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 trio goes all the way back to I think freshman year lunch at the yeah. in the cafeteria. Yeah. We've been we've been screaming and yelling uh, debates and arguments at each other for this long. So it's a it's a long standing uh, trio. Here. There's a level of comfort here. We'll, well I'm sure we'll figure we, out what to argue about. We here. also spent a lot of time on the bench doing playing baseball together. <laughs> a lot of talking time. Yeah. Oh yes. A lot of oh, discussion yes. time. How many people did you have to turn down to be on this episode? Well, you yeah, know at least double there's days. always a line. You know, there's yeah. always a line coming in this one. But... I'm also starting to think you like my wife better than me. <laughs> Based on what the movies she gets? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's like kind of like Jay's uh, dating app that he mentions. You know, you get her Titanic and Braveheart, and I get you know, Cavalcade and Grand Tom Hotel Tom and Tom, Tom Jones. Jones. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, listen. You said on the very start here, give me the bad ones, give me the uh, old ones. I'm yeah. like, well, no, okay, right. we have one of those. So right. it's... I think it was like, oh, if you ever need to fill in an episode with something that no one really wants to do, I bet you regret saying that. Yeah, Forty five okay. minutes into the... no, it's, it's fine. We'll, we'll talk. About it. <laughs> yeah. So the movie we are talking about today is 1963's Tom Jones. This is a first watch for the two you guys, I would imagine, right? Absolutely, yeah. You gave me the assignment, Kieran, and uh, I watched it. I trust you, and I trust your movie knowledge, and I trust the, the BPC brand, but after I watched it, I was like, there's no way that's a Best Picture winner. <laughs> Double-checked it, and you know what? It was. that It did win the Best Picture, and here we are. Had you heard of this before this project? Never, and I mean that not so much in, in quality, which we'll get into, because uh, I'm not going to like bash the movie for the next couple hours. I think there's some things to like about it, but it's just it's so oddly different than anything mm. that I think you've covered. I would agree with that. Uh, Artie, any prior knowledge whatsoever of this one or anything you knew about it at all? Zero. Okay, so this was a flat-out blind watch coming in. As raw as it gets. <laughs> 
So talk to me a little bit about uh, about how your week was with with old Tommy Jones. Um, it's got some charming acting, some some characters I enjoyed, but if you know, like halfway through and after I watched it, I really didn't know what the hell I watched. There's <laughs> kind of like jumbled together, and the plot is like they just keep revisiting it when they run out of side stories. It's not really. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. They've, they've somehow they somehow made it. A simple plot, yet a very convoluted plot at the same time, if yeah. that makes any sense. Like, if you you can explain it in two lines, but then all this random stuff gets thrown in in the middle, and they end up in the same place. Lots of characters, lots, yeah. of, lots of British people running around. It's like a system of a down song. Like, it, it's, it's got a tone, and then it stops, and there's just vaudeville going on, and it's silent. And there's, like, you know That's what I mean? probably the best compliment Tom Jones has ever had. Um, I, so, okay, Tom Jones. So this one, I... Saw early on in the process. And I got it in one of those four packs of DVDs. I think actually in the four pack, it's three movies we haven't covered yet. I was like, going to say, what else is in yeah, there? Yeah, The Apartment, West Side Story, and... Ah, man. Can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's one we haven't covered yet. Those are two big ones, though. So it's yeah. like buy three, get Tom Jones free on the yeah. four pack. <laughs> I think that's right. I think you said I'm not allowed on the West Side Story episode, right? Yes, because we might have people, fans of it, that might actually want to enjoy their podcast <laughs> experience. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Tom Jones, and, and, and when I started this thing up and seeing all these Oscar winners, I'd, I'd have friends talk to you about it. Both, both of you probably were among the people who, who would ask. And you always get the, you know, what, what's like a real surprise one that you liked. And, but you also always get like, what's the worst one you've seen? And my answer was always Tom Jones. Interesting. Okay. Now, this is early on. This is when sure. I only had probably seen, you know, probably two-thirds of them at most, maybe. So I was super interested to see how I was going to react to it this time. Because it had been so long. I don't remember a ton about it. I just remember not liking it. And we've covered a lot of movies for this podcast alone so far. And, and there's been a bunch of pleasant surprises and a bunch of movies that we covered that I, I after covering it, would be like, oh, I, I really didn't get the full gist of this back then. I do think it's better second time around. A lot better second time around. Once you kind of figure out what you're seeing. I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. Um, I do not. Okay. I fucking hate this movie. I yes. hate yes. I hate this movie. And I've been pretty nice to all of these movies yes. so far. I really I try to find the best in them. I try to find the le- rewatching it this time around it just confirmed the fact that I will never watch this movie again. I don't like it. I don't like anything about it. It it just is it it it's just a giant bummer to me. Oh, this all right. is going to be fun. Yeah, and and listen out there, if you're a big Tom Jones fan, and I would imagine the people who saw Tom Jones were like, oh, look, Tom Jones. No, I haven't heard anybody talk about this recently. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to belittle anyone's opinion. If It, it seems like these guys enjoyed some things about it. I, there, there will be some compliments I will give to it. But we do a, a little bit of a disclaimer that this is gonna, I'm going to be issuing a little bit of a beatdown here today. And I don't, I don't do that often. Even the ones that I don't really care for, I try to find the, the best in them because I realize that this, the medium works best if we're doing a little give and take. Yeah. Yeah, you're not usually this uh this angry at a movie. I yeah, it's it's there's a lot to talk about here. There's a lot to talk about with this one. And I want to start by talking about what we're drinking here today. Yeah. And we'll uh Oz, we'll start with you. Well, since it's a beautiful uh November night out here, um I'm drinking the Blue Point Mother Pumpkin Ale. Typically not a huge pump pumpkin guy, but hey, one in November in Long Island. Blue <laughs> That's Point, right. Mother Pumpkin it is. Absolutely, the Blue Point Brewery. I don't have any uh, surprise shots for you guys tonight. Oh, I was geez, thinking about the maybe like the beef oh or something like that, but it's just nothing. Artie, what do you have drinking here today? 
Drinking the Sierra Nevada Atomic Torpedo Juicy West Coast Double IPA. It's like 14% alcohol. 8.2% ABV, and an Atomic Torpedo is what I wanted to shoot into my face while I was laughing. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. Yeah, now we don't really talk about these movies at all before, and I know that this one in particular, I can tell that all three of us were like itching to say something, and there was yeah. like a, a little bit of writing on the wall that I think it wasn't going to be too positive. No. But uh, yeah, so I, I think that I think it looks like Artie at least is ready to to get loose here at this one. So this is I'm going to take a little a little sidebar segment here. I, I reserve the right to do that. Good. Since we've last been on, I will just like to proclaim that the Atlanta Braves are world champions. They've won the World Series. We actually were supposed to record this one last week, but it fell on the the day that Game Six would have been, and that was the day they clinched. Oh, you're giving away the illusion that we record on the day it's released. Oh yeah, that's okay. But we're, I'm I'm. I'm Taking that liberty this time around. And, yes, so we push back the day because I'm not talking about Tom fucking Jones on Game 6 of the World Series. The Braves have a chance. Yes, yes. thank you very much. And uh, a couple things that were, that were just kind of interesting this time around is we recorded the Braveheart episode. I was actually at your house with uh, your, your wife, Nicola, was on that episode, as you mentioned a little, a little earlier on. And that was probably back in March, like back before yes, the season it was even winter. started or yeah. in the very beginning of it. And 95 was actually the last year the Braves won the World oh, Series. So this. we got to mention that one at that. And, and I've been a, a Braves fan. If anyone who knows me, if you've listened to podcasts before, I've, I've been a Braves fan since I was a, a little kid. And it's been 26 years since they've, since they've won that. I was a Braves fan back when they won that World Series. Yeah, that's it. You, you jump ship along the, the way. T- the TBS story, man. The only baseball we could watch for free was on TBS. So Kieran became a Braves fan, and I went back to the Mets once it became... Visible for me. Yeah, the old uh, TBS Superstation. So it was on. Their games were on every day. So as like oh, a dude. little kid in the '90s, and they had great teams and whatnot. It was. I remember was Marquise Grissom made the last out of that World Series, That's catching exactly center right. field, and put his hands right up. I was like, imagine he dropped that, putting his hands up. <laughs> we should have just done an episode on the Braves postseason. We could do that. Might turn into this. Might turn into this. You know, I remember also, Mark Lemke. <laughs> I was also thinking about ditching this whole Tom Jones thing. You said you wanted to do the Departed again. Why don't we just do the Departed right well, now? Well, that's that's sacred Jones. to Kieran and I. Right yes. There. Yeah. Right. We're re-departing. Yeah. yeah we're discussing doing a, a revisit of the yeah. of the Departed, which was our pilot episode. Right. So the uh, the. The departed revisited. Here. I'll get some high lies and beef because yeah, it's been and that's now that's the other kind of connection there too is is that we recorded that at Game Seven of the 2019 World Series. Yeah. This was it, so it's been it's now been two years since we did our first podcast together and we had never done anything like this before. We recorded that episode. That was like the first time we've ever recorded a podcast. If, yeah, dude. If people saw like, us, I don't remember it. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. If people saw yeah. us recording that, they'd be like, what the hell is this yeah, setup We here? did not know what we were getting ourselves into, but we had fun. But anyway, so on that Braveheart episode, it was actually the week that Hank Aaron had passed away also. We recorded that week. And I, it was like kind of a, a weird coincidence that there was like a Hank Aaron documentary nominated for an Oscar in 95 that year. So it was like a lot of like Brave stuff here. It was in the March. Was it called Braveheart? Because they should have done that. I didn't even think about the brave heart factor. I didn't even, didn't even think about that. There you go. And I've been re-listening to these. And chronologically, I started from the first one and gone through. And it's just, I, I pick up a little bit here and there where I can. And usually, like, if I'm if I'm walking home or something along those lines. And after celebrating the World Series win, I was walking home. And I'm like, oh, I, you know, we'll see what's up next. And what was up next with the Braveheart wow. episode. So it had a little a little bit of uh, a little bit of universal symmetry Serendipity. There. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yes, so that leads me to the beer. And this is, uh, I have to celebrate uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And this was the beer I was drinking at that Braveheart episode. 
uh, or at least the brewery, and that's the Sweetwater Brewing Company down in Georgia. Uh, I had their OG IPA here. I'm drinking here today. So, cool. but anyway, here we go. We can't avoid it anymore. It's time to talk. Time to talk, Tom Jones. Mm -hmm. So, anything we gotta discuss here before we head uh, head into the deep dive? Anyone want to throw anything out there? I would just be procrastinating. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, cheers to the Braves, and let's head back to 1963. And in 1963, the U.S. President John F. Kennedy was assassinated on November 22, 1963. Rough segue there. This was the uh, last movie he saw. Yes, the last movie he saw before he died. That's it was right. in the, yeah. uh, the commute from, from probably from Tampa to Dallas. That right? sucks. This is the yeah. last movie you saw, you know? Yeah. Supposedly he liked it. I mean, you I know, can so see why. Yeah. Apparently this did really well with audiences at the time. They, they really bought into the whole... Yeah. Whatever the hell was going on on that screen. U.S. President John F. Kennedy was assassinated on November 22nd, 1963 in Dallas, Texas at 12.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. What's not often talked about is the Texas governor, John Connolly, was also in the car and was seriously wounded in that shooting as well. Connolly fortunately made a full recovery and would go on to be the Secretary of the U.S. Treasury. President Kennedy was succeeded by Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson. The 1963 World Series, it was between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Yankees, and it saw the Dodgers sweep the Yankees in four games. It's the first meeting between the cities of New York and L.A. in any major sports championship. The Yankees' 28th appearance in the World Series and the first time they were ever swept. Pitching was the story of the series of the Dodgers. They used only four pitchers the entire series. Sandy Colfax, Johnny Padres, Don Drysdale, and ace reliever Wait, Ron Peransky. Johnny Padres was his Johnny name? Johnny Padres, yep. That's a great name. Yep, only four arms for the whole thing. They combined to allow only four runs for the entire series. Of the seven championships of the Dodgers franchise, it remains the only one won in front of the home crowd. Oddly enough, the seven championships, the only one they won in front of their crowd was this one in 1963. They did technically win as the home team in 2020, but that was played in neutral territory at Arlington Stadium due to the pandemic. Dodgers were managed by Walt Alston. Series MVP was Sandy Koufax, who won game one and four, closing it out with a complete game shutout to clinch the series sweep. This is an exciting segment here because, Oz, you always get a kick out of uh, Artie on these segments because you never oh, know yeah. what classic uh, song or band is going to get it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's Paul McCartney yeah. or yeah. Kieran American calls Pie that the, or Queen. Kieran calls that the get off my lawn segment. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I think, would you call Sweet Home Alabama the uh, worst song? Yeah, and I have a whole explanation for it. Don't <laughs> Don't say Queen. I love Queen. I was just throwing a beloved band out there. I figured you hated them, too. It's like, uh, you know what song sucks? American Pie. Like, no one's ever said that. Yeah, well. I stand by that. And the Rolling Stones suck. Yeah, the well, Artie Music Corner in this is always funny because like, the, the legendary like musicians <laughs> in the world just get it. You get off my lawn segment. Yeah. I yeah, like think... Keith Richards is listening going, I don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> you might listen to this episode. He calls he Mick. Be. He's like, Mick, this guy said I suck. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay, and the number one song of the year is, and I don't think Artie will be making fun of this one, and that is Surfing USA by the Beach Boys. It's amazing. Nope. They're amazing. And uh, they have one of the best songs ever written in um, God Only Knows. Great song. It's, yeah. I think it's one of the best songs ever written. Good and, Vibrations. Yeah. Great one. And the Pennywise cover of Surfing USA is incredible. I gotta check that one out. Oh, yeah. incredible. Paul, Paul McCartney says God Only Knows is... Uh... One of the best songs ever. Your yeah, boy. it is. It's everything backwards. Artie and McCartney yeah. agree on something. I don't even like that guy. The fourth-ranked Beatle of all time is... Uh... <laughs> right now, he was just sitting in a recliner with earphones in. He's like, what do you mean you don't like me? Yeah. 
I'm the fourth ranked Beatles. Okay, and the other notable number one hits we have My Boyfriend's Back by the Angels. Song's great. Classic. Walk Like a Man by The Four Seasons. Oh, what a year. What a a year. Puff the Magic Dragon by Peter, Paul, and Mary. It's the 60s. It's My Party, I'll Cry If I Want To by Leslie Gore. I know you love this one too. Wipeout by the Safaris. We talk about top hits that are instrumentals there. Incredible. And uh, almost an instrumental. Did they did they say they say Wipeout in it? I, I think like twice. It's also the same as Tequila. I don't think they say Wipeout in Wipeout though. I mean the beginning. Wipeout. I just think it's that little. Okay, and uh, finally, Blown in the Winds, written by the great Bob Dylan, hmm. also featured in Forrest Gump. It's the song that uh, Jenny's playing when she's naked on stage and the. Oh, is it? it? Yeah, Forrest carries her off, and she's like, "Tell me." Tom Jones was the Best Picture winner of this year. It was produced and directed by Tony Richardson. Adapted screenplay by John Osborne, based on the novel by Henry Fielding. Music by John Addison. Cinematography by Walter Lasalle. Lasalle. We'll talk about him. Film editing by Anthony Gibbs. It's starring. Oh, Albert. there was an editor for this. I yeah, was wondering yeah, yeah, about there that. There was. Was he high? <laughs> it, uh, I can't confirm or deny that. Tom Jones is starring Albert Finney, Susanna York, Diane Salento, Edith Evans, Joyce Redman, and Hugh Griffith. Was nominated for 10 Oscars. It was the winner of four. Best Picture, Best Director, Tony Richardson, Best Writing Adapted Screenplay, John Osborne, and Best Score, John Addison. Was nominated for, but did not win, Lead Actor, Albert Finney, Supporting Actor, Hugh Griffith, Best Supporting Actress, Diane Salento, Best Supporting Actress, Edith Evans, Best Supporting Actress, Joyce Redmond, and Best Art and Set Direction. One of those rare Best Picture winners who was not nominated for film editing. There you go, Artie. Did not get the nomination there. Didn't get the nomination for cinematography either, which is somewhat uncommon in these these Best Picture winners who they usually get at least a nomination in cinematography. And I will say, too, it was the only movie ever to have three supporting actress nominees. So there's that. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Tom yeah. Jones, where do we begin with this one? The $1 million budget. It did gross $38 million. It was a success. It did win Best Picture. Where do you want to start? Artie, why don't you kick us off here? Um... You know, the opening scene shows some promise. The silent... Um, yeah. yeah. The silent opening scene really shows promise. I'm like, all right, I like where this is going. There's some artistry there. And then I actually really like the narrator. He's funny. He's describing what you see, like, when Tom Jones is first going to make love to Molly. The, the quote is, he's like, he's like, uh, for respect of decorum and for the censor, we shall leave you. By the like, narrator. And yeah, he yeah, hides yeah. in the bushes. I love the narrator. And he does that a couple times. And that, but like 15 minutes into the movie, I'm like, what is this? Is mm. this a movie or is it like a bunch of shticks? Yeah, it's, it's strange to jump into a movie, a best picture movie, alongside all these other big movies. That's a parody, essentially. It's so strange to see it. Just watch this parody. Yeah, like they keep it's... looking at the camera. I'm like, am yeah, I breaking they the fourth is wall? This... Yeah, they're breaking the fourth wall randomly like too for no real, no apparent reason. Totally. Yeah, he like winks at the the, the owl, and the owl winks back. I like, yeah. thought to put this in there. A lot of little gimmicky tricks in this one. You have the the like the the watermarks and the you know sliding off the screen, little peepholes yeah, that go into the randomized peephole yeah, usage. Just, some, some really shaky camera work too that made me kind of sick, like the carriages. There were a couple of moments here early that I did appreciate with the camera work, and that's kind of about where it ended. Particularly, I mean, well, I'll just go right to it now, is that, that hunting scene. That was probably the the DP's highlight of the of the 
film, it, just being able to capture that. It feels like him and the editor stopped caring after that scene. Listen, they, they got very gimmicky early with, you know, Artie brought to breaking the fourth wall and a lot of this stuff. And then that stopped at the start of the third act. And then at the end of the movie, they piled up on Sean again. So it was, there was a definite lack of consistency. And I think if you're going to do something like that, it has to be intertwined throughout the entire movie. Otherwise, it just seems like you had a bunch of ideas and then you felt like you had to finish the movie and then you close it up again with a bunch of those The ideas. director of this movie hates it. He views it as a failure. Like, he's not complete. It's missing parts. It, he That's how he feels when you watch it. The pacing is all out of whack. Totally. It's, it gets real slow, real fast, yeah. out of nowhere, but it's... Yeah. I think the filming it was a bit of a hassle for these guys and the, the, maybe that plays into why it was rushed or I don't understand why was it rushed like so the one guy the budget was low it was only one million dollar budget so maybe so the one guy Squire Western was the actor Hugh uh, Hugh Griffith Hugh Griffith he was hammered the entire time mm-hmm. during filming and they had to constantly look around town to find him to bring him back to record the scene so I can imagine that taking some time and pissing everyone else off. Yeah, this is uh, this is the completion of the trilogy of Hugh Griffith here with the Best Picture winners. We've discussed him twice already here. Once very briefly with uh, with in Oliver, he's the uh, he's the drunken judge in the uh, in Oliver. He's a very small role. Yep. Ben Hur is where he wins his Oscar. We did a nice beat down of him in that where he's wearing the brown face and just really hamming it up. Oh, he does brown face. Uh, yeah, and, and then that then you have well. him in this here where I guess he's just kind of wasted the whole movie. Uh, did you guys notice any parallels with Game of Thrones? Because I noticed a ton. You know what? I did. A ton. I did. And I thought, you know, I thought to myself that this is probably what Game of Thrones would look like if they didn't have any swords, any blood, any dragons, <laughs> any interesting storylines. It was just like, it was an off day of Game of Thrones. I saw, like, basically George R.R. R. Martin drawing direct inspiration from Tom Jones's story. He is the bastard child raised by the brother of the woman who has him. So he really isn't a bastard. He's yeah. part of the family. Um, Squire Western is, he's called a boar. He's drunk all the time and he's womanizing. It's Robert, it's, Sir, it's Robert, right. Robert the boar. Like it's, yeah. In Game of Thrones, there's implied incest. His name's Tom Jones, Jon Snow. Like there's similarities oh, here. Yeah, right. there's definitely, definitely similarities there. And, and listen, it was, I mean, it was voted a top, British film of all time, you know, That's so... That's not saying a lot. Chariots of Fire is probably up there, too. Uh, yeah, sure it is. Yeah, yeah sure it is. Of... It is regarded highly by some, and and I I would have to think a guy like George R. R. Martin is, you know, is was probably a fan of this. I mean, like, he's, yeah, it, there were some things that popped out to me, too, I, I would agree with that. You know what's interesting is there's a guy named Jeffrey Bohm. He was a uh, undergraduate art student, and he became a screenplay writer. He wrote Inner Space, the movie where the guy shrinks down and goes in the body. Remember mm-hmm. that? He wrote Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's a really good one. And he wrote Lethal Weapon 2 and 3. He thinks Tom Jones is one of the best screenplays ever written. He actually met Tony Richardson and expressed that admiration to him. And he was confused by the uncomfortable and disturbed response Richardson (laughs) gave him. (laughs) Dude... He literally, that's a Ricky Bobby moment. He's like, if it ain't, if you ain't first, you're last. He's like, what the hell is that? He's like, well, I live my whole life by that. He's like, oh, I was probably high. It's like, this guy's like, oh, that screenplay sucks. He's like, well, I, I think it's amazing. I'm not surprised to hear that because this, this feels like a movie that, let's say something like this comes out in, I don't know, the year 2000. It's something that typically would get panned by the critics and then a few years later get this cult following and everyone would love it. 
in almost like a early Wes Anderson kind of thing. It's just this happened backwards. Like the critics loved it. No, they didn't. Well, I don't think I mean, they did. The, well, I mean, it won Best Picture, yeah, right? So I guess what you're saying. Somebody, somebody, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Loved you're right. It. I mean, it grossed thirty-eight million, yeah. so people went to see it. Yeah, I, no, the audience loved it. Like the yeah. director, thought, the director and the 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 studio had thought it would be a complete disaster, and they released it, and audiences loved it. So, I mean, that makes you wonder. I mean, did it, it was clearly very different from a lot of the things that were out of there. We're, one thing too is now we are right at the mark where the, the hazier is ending. So the haze year of, like, officially is over in 1965. This is 63. They weren't even really enforcing it. it hey, they're making the jest at it. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're, there's, like, they're doing stuff here that no one's seen in the cinema for the last two decades. He has blood on his face after a romantic encounter. Yeah, I mean, he's, had, like, he's, he's having sex with every yeah. woman in the film. Everyone's the a whore yeah. in this movie. Quote, Men quote, and women. Beds every woman. That yeah, he, every yeah, wench. Uh, yeah, everyone he comes across. And there's just, it's... All double entendres, like just throughout everything, yep. which is probably people gravitated to that at the time. I think Hugh Griffith <laughs> calls him a, a, a big cock at one point or something right. like that. Like, like it, it there's a, a ton of those. Tom yeah, Mellor like, is hardy a cock as any in the kingdom. Right. There it is. There it is. Okay, it's like quote of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> a hardy cock. A hardy cock. <laughs> It's like a bird's flying out of a cage. It's uh, one of the characters says, oh, he, birds aren't meant to be in cages. And then they show Tom. So it's obviously right, yeah, like, like stuff like that. You know, heavy handed. All, all over the place, which was, you know, I, I would imagine the Hayes Code ending at the time, there wasn't much of that. And who we talk about that, he falls into like one foot of water. And she's like, he'll drown. Go get him. And he stands up. It's like up to his shins. <laughs> he's like, more worried about him breaking his neck than drowning. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievably sarcastic movie. Yeah, I, I don't really get like the tone. I didn't understand the tone. It was sarcastic at points, and then it was like, I don't know, tragic. Uh, the tried to be tragic, and then it was funny, and then it was like confusing. Yeah, I just didn't laugh. It's a mess. I didn't laugh. It's a comedy that didn't make me laugh, and I, I imagine it's probably something that like if I showed my dad's stepbrothers, it's probably his reaction would be the same. He's like, I don't find this funny. This isn't good. This isn't a good story. These characters are don't make any sense. What's I'm I'm not laughing at this. That's probably how he would react to stepbrothers. Like, so I think maybe you do have to kind of be in on the joke. So there's some lines where I'm watching and I'm like just miserable, and then this line happens and you burst out laughing because you're like, "What the fuck was that?" So there's, he's they're like mad at Tom for you know me making love to Molly or whatever, mm -hmm. and he's like, uh, "Thwatch him, thwack him." Yep. He goes. She's a filthy slut <laughs> out of nowhere. And I'm like, whoa, yeah, all right. He was going for it this whole movie. The I love beat him. red face. That's Pete, Pete uh, Bull from Doctor Strange. I was going to say, yeah. he's, from your, uh, he's from your Doctor Strange love. And, and we have a Titanic tie in. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely, our boy. Spicer Lovejoy. Spicer Lovejoy is in the mix. And he's uh, Thwiffle? Is that how it's said? Bliffle. Bliffle. B L I F L. David the, Warner plays Spicer Lovejoy. Aside from phlegm, bliffle might be the hardest hangman word ever. <laughs> B? Yeah. Uh, F? Uh, like, you know? That's a, it's a cool tie in of, of the best picture winners, is he gets 63 and 97. Yeah. Where you have a, a guy who's been in both things. It took him that it. long to figure out how to act. And season. <laughs> <laughs> and season three of uh, Best Picture cast, you know, you got you got. That's right. Season yeah, three. look at that. Yeah, that's season three. Season yeah. three comments here. So I think it's the danger of doing a, a parody movie. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to stand the test of time. Or you know, honestly, even a cop. Be careful in comedies alone. Like co some comedies just don't don't make the the test of time. But uh, I want to just I want to make this point here because it's it's very easy to say like all right, it's well, it was a comedy in the sixties. 
and, you know, all this time's passed, and maybe it's not as funny. I, I mean, it is also a period piece, though. So this where this takes place in 1745. So it's, it's not like it's dated to 63. But it's a period piece making fun of that period. I yeah. Take it. Yeah, at that, it's at yeah, that. it's a, it's a lot of tongue in cheek and, and whatnot. So I'm not but, sure anyone in 1963 really would have fully. I think they just enjoyed either. the cinematic experience because it had weird stuff mm-hmm. like people turning, like Jenny Jones turns, and this is the part where he's explaining that he's not really a bastard. Yeah, blah, blah, this blah. is what was really written honestly, and I thought that was enjoyable. There's some dialogue that was very clever. Like I um, liked that moment the most out of the wall breaking. That so one was kind of clever. The lieutenant, the re- the red coat who tries to smoke out the pig, uh, Tom Jones, he is so convincing that he is talking about Western, Sophie Western. He's so convincing that he's like, yeah, no, I'm not in jest. This guy had her. This is what happened. And then he throws the bottle at Tom Jones' head, and he's like, you killed him. He's like, I was just joking. I've never met this woman. Like, wow, I was convinced. Like, you had me. (laughs) I thought that was very clever screenwriting. There were some elements I don't want to just hate this movie. Mm -hmm. There were some elements of the screenplay that stood out as good that they still use today. Here's the point I want to make, though, with the fact that, okay, it's a comedy, and all right, maybe it it responds differently to audiences then than it does now. That being said, there's still some major technical issues with this movie. All right, the lighting, what is the fuck is going on with the lighting, dude? The night scenes look like they were just filming out in the woods. It looks like the Blair fucking Witch Project. Dude. I kept going to my phone. I watched on my phone. I kept going to the brightness, and I'm like, no. oh, it's up all the way. You can't see what's going on there. Maybe that's where Game of Thrones got that stupid battle where they had oh, a night darkness, yeah, the battle of darkness. Yeah, so the, the lighting at night was, was no good. The, the camera work in general is very grainy, all, all over the place. Are you, you, you brought up the editing. This, this movie was edited with a fucking machete. Kieran, it was like it, it, it's it's all you, over the place. I'm confident in saying you and I could edit this movie better than whoever did this movie. They probably put monkeys yeah. in a room with computers and like let it happen. <laughs> you know what's ironic about the lighting? Um, Squire Allsworth goes on to become one of Broadway's theater lighting foremost experts in his life. Really? He probably was on this movie like, what are they doing over here? Like, yeah. this is darkness. <laughs> it's bloody. Bloody blackness. <laughs> and again, there were some moments. I loved the hunting scene. I loved the whole stretch of it. It, 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 it felt like frenetic. You felt like you were on the horse with them. It's kind of like you see, that's something you see a lot of pictures of, like the hound hunts and like you, and you see a lot of very like tame, like G-rated. Ver- this was one like, oh shit, this is what it was like to be a part of this. Can we bring this back? Hunts? <laughs> they like crush. No, I don't think we can. They're all on horses, yeah. crushing food and getting hammered as fast as they can. And they just release dogs and they go like riding horses, hammered. Like Tina's going to shut down the BPC. Yeah, like I, at so. one point, Squire Western sees a hunt and just rides off to join the hunt. I'm going gonna, to win Peter over in a second, but I I do want to say though, hunting myself. It just does not do anything for me, me in either. general. Like actual, like, I, listen, I'm not killing anything. I'm drinking and eating and like riding the horse. You want to ride along with, the, with the, the dogs and the horse? Yeah, yeah. because that, that did look really like you know they were getting pretty fired up. They there. didn't like, need to show the the clips of the dog eating the throat and like it, it was weird stuff. Was that was lot. Game of Thronesy too. There okay. was a lot of stuff that they did not need to. So that's gonna lead. You're gonna win to Peter over point. the people in this movie were complete jerks mm-hmm. to animals. This entire movie. What, what is it's particularly in the first act and a half here. I have a whole list that I'm gonna read off yes. here of all the all the. 
atrocities. Uh, yeah, all, all the all the pe- just characters within the movie. This isn't like a like the like the film hands. It's like in the movie, the characters within the movie, and then being jerks to animals. That poor bulldog who gets a face full of beer. We'll start off with the bird in the cage. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is it's a, it's a shitty gift to give someone anyway. A caged bird. And you're, like, carrying countryside across the... And this is the first part of the movie where I'm like, this is stupid. He just takes the bird out and throws it. And he's like, oh, dear, I didn't know it would fly away. It's a, it's a bird. You threw it in the air. What I was mean? with Bliffle on that one. Get the bird out of the cage. What are we doing with this little cage that we're taking across countryside here? Okay. Then he climbs the tree to get the bird back in the cage, club, covers his fist with it, and falls out of the cage. I mean, that, that, that bird, I don't think he made it. Definitely not. I don't think he made no. it. No chance. If he did make it, they pushed his cage in the water. So now he's got a soaking wet cage. He's got to now he's not even burned a cage, but he's gonna burn a soaking wet. In a cage. rainy cage because it's dripping. Okay, we're we're throwing chickens. They're throwing oh, chickens yeah. in the movie. They're getting. They're oh, getting, they just get thrown. Molly shoves one off a two by four into Tom's face. He just throws it on the ground. Over, what is the point of that chicken in the scene? <laughs> it's a cock. Overcrowded hound cages. These hounds are too much. There's there's not enough. We need more cages and less hounds. Yeah, and, and, and terrible and conditions. And what's sad is they couldn't get any of the r- local town people to agree to lend them their, to rent them their dogs for this movie. Oh, this is for the actual production team. For making the movie, every person they went to was like, no, no, you're not yeah, doing this. smart. Yeah, smart. and like they found a few people to rent them their dogs and now look what happened to them. Black but market, these poor, you know, these, <laughs> these poor hounds, like that's how they live with this like 20 hounds at once and then every once in a while they get let out to chase like a single deer. Okay, we have the thrashing of the horses with the spurs and the whips and the stabbing the side of the horse. I mean, are you totally. kidding me? They're just sh- Why are they going out of their way to show the brutality of a hunt so, in the middle of like a satire movie? But are we giving the movie, I did not expect to be here defending Tom Jones, but. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> are we, are we giving it too much credit to say that that's, that's the essence of the parody? They're making fun of the the ruling class and the, the 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 people with power from back in the 1700s, and that's part of it. That these people are they're buffoons, and they're idiot you know they're idiots. Yeah, they're mean. They're a bunch yes. of jerks. They're jerks, and that yeah. was that wasn't that was on purpose. Right, to but make fun of them. I get it. I really do. It ineffective because it's not okay. funny, mm. and yeah. it's really brutal. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. And again, I'm just. I do out, see your point, right. though. They, that probably was their intention. Yeah, I yeah. think they failed in the execution. Whether or not it should or shouldn't have been included, I'm just outlining them. These people being jerks. Maybe you shouldn't parody something 200 years later, and it would be a little more, <laughs> yeah, a little a little more, more relevant. Effective. Yeah, parody the 80s. We're not done. We have the trampling of pigs and the one poor goose that gets mm-hmm. lifted up in the thing here. These they're just marching like through part. people's towns here. We have a. a the gruesome celebration of killing the elk. You have Hugh Griffiths like, ah, with its slit throat. Like, good, good God. I guess that's hunting that still goes on. You still people, still people put that on their Instagram accounts these days. Yeah, with doctors that. from Chicago go to Africa, kill zebras, and then end up, like, Instagram shamed, mm. losing their practices. Mm. Riding on the back of a donkey that Tom Jones is way too big for? Wait, these scenes are so stupid. <laughs> Her, the, the three shots of the, the donkey, and they just keep changing who's on them. Oh, wait, all right. Wait, I'm sorry. Time out. <laughs> I, I have to interrupt because I'm going to lose my train of thought. Yeah. We'll get back to your animal brutality. The stupid scene of him with the broken arm, the montage of him and and Sophie in the flowers. Yeah, I actually really like that. The dating montage? Yeah. I thought yeah. that was fun. I really like that too. I thought that was fun. Yeah, the the first time watching it, I'm like, okay. And then the second time watching it, I'm like, no, this sucks. This is terrible. Well, you guys liked it? Yeah, that was one of the two things. Uh, that when I said there were two things I liked, that was, it was the hunting scene, the, the cinematography of like the tracking shots, watching them you know, you know, go take the horses and the hounds through the mountains, and the other one was the montage of them 
of them. I just I thought the camera work was creative and good there. Yeah, I feel. I sick. thought that the, the, the date <laughs> riding on the horses, the donkeys was goofy. I'll, I'll so say that part. So stupid and unnecessary. Uh, but I thought the flowers and a lot of those shots, I think, were, were actually visually pretty pretty good. Right, let's get back to the animal cruelty. Back to the animal, to, to being jerks to animals here. Smacking farm animals with an umbrella from the lady. Mm. She's just whapping them out of the way. Uh, we're whipping farm animals during a temper tantrum, Hugh Griffith. Probably was drunk at the time, too. I mean, he also does that to people in his defense. It's kicking pigs. He treats, of, he treats everyone like they're animals the whole movie. A lot movie. of pig kicking. A lot of pig kicking in this movie here. Uh, <laughs> he also throws a beer on the bulldog's face. Yeah, that's face. what's next. Splashing the booze in the bulldog's face. That's when I was like, I'm out. I'm out with this. I can't. I can't. When I saw the bulldog's reaction, I was like, they should have edited this out and cleaned him up. Yeah. Gave him some food. Why are we you doing know? This? Yeah, yeah, what are we yeah. doing? And then finally, why not just throw a cockfight in, in the middle of it, too? We have to well, they cut cock. that out. I don't but know no, what you version. Could, you, could see, you could see the you could see them doing it. They probably didn't have the actual fight in there, but you could see them setting up for it. Oh, setting up guys. for it. There was, yeah. They filmed it. Yeah. It well, got right, removed. Right. No, and, and the purpose of this is not to get on like a, like a preaching thing about treatment towards animals. We can do that if you want to. But I, I just think it was just, it was so much at once. It was like, wow, yeah. these guys are just a bunch of farmer jerks. It's unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, too much, too much. Artie, you brought up Thwagert? What? Thwack'em. 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 Thwack'em and... Uh, Square. Thwack'em, Thwack'em Square, Square, and, and then Bliffle. we have Bliffle. The and, Three Stooges. Right, and, and Squire Allworthy is the guy in yeah. charge of the whole, the whole deal. So essentially, these guys, they all want him to die so they can get their inheritance. He doesn't die. But uh, the, the, the scene there with the... Artie brought that up with, with them. The capsize... Capsize the second weekend in a row I do this. Um, knocking over the, the carriage. And the, the death scene of the, of the ant. Oh, the, Yeah. Yeah, what did you think about that one was shot? I didn't like it. Because it just made you a little a little woozy? They basically just sped up the film. Mm. They did that a couple times in this. There was the silly chase in the end. They just sped up the film. And, like, the wheels wobbling off. And, like, what, are they completely incapable of controlling this horse? How many times have they ridden a carriage? Yeah, well, that's, you know, that, that'll come up in the nitpick section. It, it was like here. no got, one, well, yeah. they're both looking at each other like, what's the horse doing? Like, well, what are you doing? Well, when we get to the nitpick zone, I'm sure there'll be yeah, a few th- things that come in I here. thought that was, that was something done on purpose, the, the jankiness of that scene. Oh, like With the camera. deliberate camera work. Yeah, totally, again, yeah. I just think it failed because it made me like, yeah, okay. I didn't like it. Okay. I did, it was definitely deliberate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm... This, this, this I'm cinematographer is not the ridiculousness, well. I think that was the whole... Point of to make it silly. It's like, oh, this is so ridiculous. See, then this one is where person the, dies, one person doesn't. This is yeah. where I'm losing the comedy. <laughs> I didn't think that was funny. Yeah, I, didn't, they I, fell, didn't. I didn't laugh. Tom Jones was celebrating, like, oh, he's alive. Because he's alive. He's the one guy who's happy he's alive. Everyone else is pissed off. Oh, but Bliff was like, well, my mom just died, so maybe if you could just, you know. Yeah, chill out with yeah, that. Yeah, chill out with but the Thwackum, celebration. But Thwackum was just upset because he's not getting his inheritance. Yeah, I think it's hard to kind of find where the comedy starts and ends in this. That's a good point, Artie. Yeah, like, I, I didn't. I didn't find much comedy in that scene either. Like, that it was, was just funny. kind of a grisly death scene. Yeah. And and then, you know, at the at the funeral, you have Hugh Griffith go, up, oh, another one gone. Yes. Another one done. Well, there's another one gone. Well, there's another one gone. Yeah, and it's like, I, I read where there's like, oh, that that was like considered one of the one of the funniest lines of the, of the movie. I'm like, huh. oh, that's, I mean, listen, I'm all for some dark comedy, but I that didn't make me laugh out loud. I was kind of like, oh. Yeah, that's, actually my, that's actually my line of the movie. Stop, <laughs> yeah, it, that's it is. great. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, I have it quoted. Because I think that's where it, it's clear as to what this movie's at least trying to be. You know, they're at a funeral and the guy's just like, eh, well, gone yeah that, that's that a really one. tragic uh he's just, accident <laughs> she's dead he's a great character 
I have to say, Squire yeah, so, Western. So let's, not let's necessarily talk about, the actor and whatnot. Well, but let's talk about the, his performance there and, and all that. You know, with, He went for it, man. Yeah. And he certainly did. He plays a drunk. He just got drunk all the time. He's a method actor, you know. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant theater actor. They no. want me to play a drunk? Oh, yes, I'm in. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Hugh, Hugh Griffith is nominated. It's a nominated role in this one. He was nominated for supporting actor. Seems like they didn't have a lot to work with this year. They nominated everything very, very possibly. Um, no one, no one won though. Out of all, it was five nominees, two acting nominees, three actress nominees, and no wins. Only one other movie has has done that. The arc of that character, I. The arc. It's an yeah. up and down wave. It's well, like a, yeah. It's like... Well, it's something. It's doing something. It's it's doing something. He's so sing- he's he he essentially he wants his daughter to marry Bliffle. That's not happening. He finds out that. She's into Tom Jones, which is a big no. That's a big, big no. No, no. Now, what I'm, what I, I'm trying to get a, a, my head around this goose chase that's going on here because now when Tom Jones leaves, skips town. Is is they've kicked him off the estate. Allworthy says he got to go. You know, I saw potential in you, and I'm starting to question what what, what I was seeing. You got to go. Now she kind of follows him. Sophie follows him, and then you have Hugh Griffith following her or also following him because it also seems at one point that he's kind of trying to chase tom jones yeah it's a little unclear <laughs> it's like a circular it's chase a throughout the countryside yeah. confusing as shit the, the middle of this movie gets very very confused disorienting yeah i will say i did like the first act the best of of the thing there were some things going on hands down yeah there were there there was a, a vision there of some sort they do a pretty good job in the first act disarming you as to what you're watching yeah totally this, this yes. isn't this isn't a serious story about the 1700 ruling class. Totally. And that mostly comes from Hugh Griffith. You know, oh, she's in love? Not without my consent and just whips, yeah, right. starts, one of the animals. Starts kicking, animals. Starts yeah. kicking pigs around the place. But, yeah. um, he so, treats everyone like animals, though, this whole movie. Yeah. His sister, though, I will say, his sister, that female character that advises him on mm-hmm. his whole life, which happens to be a trend throughout this movie, yeah. guiding the men in the movie because the men are all buffoons. I liked Miss Western. I thought she was clever. I liked her carrying the umbrella outside. I, I thought she was good. Edith something or other. Yeah, Edith Evans. She was not. She was one of the three nominees here in this one. Other two were Joyce Redman, who plays Jenny Jones, uh, Jenny Jones who's... Tom's mom slash lover, <laughs> and Diane Cilantro, <laughs> and Don, uh, Diane Cilantro who plays Molly. She's the um, she's the village, uh, Hoo-ah. the village. Hoo-ah. She does a great. I think she's See, fantastic. Uh, they did a great job. I thought that character is hilarious. Who Molly? Yeah, I love Molly. Yeah, I you thought know, she was great. We're, we're now jumping back and forth, and we're disoriented, just like this plot. This movie, <laughs> yeah, but, I know we're, um, we're we're doing it justice. I, the very beginning when Tom goes to her to confront her about the kid that that because she, she's she's having his baby. Right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's another guy. You know who it is. Yeah, it's uh, Square. Square. Yeah. Square. But the reaction of everybody. Oh, Everyone wait, was just Tom's like, face they're, was they're, like, what the hell? Would they stuck with this shot? He's like, <laughs> yeah. They're all like, oh, ha, 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 you tricked me, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Just, they just move on. Crap. Yeah, like this is a major, like we're talking about like who's the parent yeah. of this yeah. unborn Maybe child. Maybe take this a little more seriously. Yeah, do we have a good s- joke, Molly. Yeah, and like, what happens with that pregnancy? The movie takes some time that passes. Does she have a child? Yeah, Does and there's... the ginger ale, Seagram's? There's the major, major double standards here in this whole thing, which is probably, I mean, probably common at the time. Sure. But, because, I mean, Tom Jones sleeps with literally every woman in the cast. Bad. Bad. And, and, and Molly does it. But Molly does it, 
and she's getting kicked out of town. Like she's the like she's living in squalor because she's that. You right. Know? So, and I think that's one of the comments they're probably trying to make here. It's kind of like high school, um, <laughs> or or every other like probably yeah tier aspect of, it. of life. Tom Jones portrayed by Albert Finney. What do we think about the the performance here? I thought he did a terrible job. I know he was nominated for best actor, but we were kind of throwing that out the window because there's one best picture. I did not think he did a good job. I think he he actually said during the making of it, he's bored by the character. Artie, I kind of agree with you, man. I I did I don't see it. I don't see it with Albert Finney in this. I think he's a he's a wonderful actor. I I don't think he really brought much to this character. I thought I thought it's kind of a ho hum performance. I mean, I know there's people who think he should have won, you know, and I don't get necessarily get that. I, I he he reminded man, I don't me know. he reminded me of Robin Hood from Robin Hood. Prince, um, Men in Tights. Like Costner? No, Men in Tights. Oh, like the oh, one with uh, Dave oh, Chappelle Car- and Car- the Mel Eels. Brooks one. <laughs> yeah. He reminded me of him. What did you think of his performance, Us? I didn't dislike it. Um, I, I thought he was funny enough to play, you know, with the character, entertaining enough. He didn't really show any kind of depth or anything, though. You know? Yeah. So it was kind of like a one... One trick kind of Yeah, it was of a one trick pony, yeah, it kind of yeah. felt like. Yeah. He was, he was decent enough at that. Like, I, I think he's a charismatic guy. Like, I think that, and I think he played that appropriately it, as the charismatic, uh, you know, Tom Jones that, you know, gets all the beds, all the women, but there was no emotion with him. Otherwise. Yeah, good looking enough yeah. guy, but I just didn't see the, I didn't see he the, didn't have the charm. Character. Yeah, I didn't see the charm. He it didn't was, have character. Yeah. He reminded me of Donald Trump. I know. really saw Donald Trump, man. I kept seeing it. I didn't want to. You know what, Artie? You I, know what you did, too. I had the note that he looks like a young Donald Trump, <laughs> and then I was like, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I, <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I don't have a note, but I kept thinking it, and he looks like Donald Trump. I can't imagine anyone saying that he should have won any kind of award. Yeah, people do, though. People, you know, people say that he should have won for He this put one. on a, like a good performance for a supporting cast. There was a lot of scenes he does nothing in. He's nothing, just in. Nothing. You know, he's, he's just, just in. <laughs> Just there looking handsome. And the women all do a great job of stealing the scenes they're in with him, yeah. which is an issue when you're the lead. Yeah, the women the women won this movie. Yeah, the women it's, won this movie. It's, a, sure. it's the platoon issue. When you're the lead, you can't have the st- every scene you're in stolen by the other actors. Yeah. You gotta lead. Mm, see the little Charlie Sheen going back Yeah, man, you're in a scene with one supporting actor who's up for best supporting actor, he steals the scene. You're in a scene with another guy, he steals the scene. It, are you the lead or are you not the lead? Mm. You know, another thing to it, I don't know if, if what what the answer of this question is supposed to be, but did you guys find Tom Jones likable? I'll tell you what, I didn't hate like, him I meant, as much I as the, the character. Nar- like, I know, I, I didn't hate him as much as the ca- the narrator. Oh, this guy's incorrigible! And I'm like, <laughs> is he? And then, like, the his bliffle is like, it appears Tom Jones has is one of the greatest villains on Earth. And I'm like... Is he? Like, he does just keeps getting into misunderstandings. Yeah, I mean, listen, I just, fi- I just is find the issue guy? is... he He seems like he has mommy issues, so he's a man prostitute. He's a, a man wench. Did I find... I mean, what's the question? Did, do you find Tom Jones... Do you find Jones, Tom Jones likable? Yeah. <laughs> depending on this circum... Like, in these circumstances, compared to Bliffle mm-hmm. and the rest of those clowns, yeah. I did. Yeah. I find him likable and charismatic compared to what else, you know, wherever else they're selling Sophie to. Yeah, I mean, I guess that goes to my point is that I didn't find anyone in this movie likable. The only person I found likable in this movie was Sophie. Sure. So and, yeah. and Susanna York, I thought was the best part of the movie. I thought she was awesome. I thought she was wonderful. It, her low self esteem bothered me. 
Really? Why is she so going back to Tom Jones? Well, that I, that like, that does she is. She's not going to do this when they're married. Like, come on. Well, this is the thing. This is leads into the point, though. Is like if Tom Jones loves her so much, what is he doing sleeping with every single woman as he, he goes throughout the? He obviously has a sexual addiction. He can't say Ooh. no. Yeah, like, he has mom the, issues. Well, yeah. he doesn't know who his mom is. Yeah, we're getting so, yeah, into the, mom the, issues. the deeper core issues of Tom Jones. And, and all these women have dad issues because look at. Squire yeah. Western if and like D- George the Black or whatever his name yeah. is. If you're Sophie and you're you're Black George, drunk animal beating dad is trying to sell you off the Bliffle. Yeah, Tom Jones is the man. Yeah, this guy walking around town. Of I course, him all the way to London. He's got baby. golden penis syndrome. He's just he's totally <laughs> thinks everyone wants him and they do. Yeah. yeah, she's obviously tied to that to that romance that they had there in that flower scene that you loved so much already. Um, and I think that he has some sentiment to that too. That's why he keeps wanting to find her and go back to her. But it's just like he just bumps into every single person along the way, and it's just another. Everyone. Oops! I got myself in another pickle here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it looks like I'm dating this woman now. Oh, it looks like I'm <laughs> oh, dating this, this woman. This now. one's my mom. Oh, whoops! And it, it's like, do you have any say in your own life, Tom? <laughs> it's very similar to uh, Braveheart, where Mel Gibson has sex with every female. I knew that was going to come yeah. up because that was one of your points yeah. about Braveheart. Mel, is Mel Gibson has sex with every female that has a line in Braveheart. <laughs> similar, <laughs> does he? I, I'm exaggerating. He's I don't think he, he does. I think he both doesn't female have sex with anyone. Both, both female female leads yeah. he does yeah. he had sex with the second female yes, leader you sure? got her pregnant yeah oh that's right oh my god that's right yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a while <laughs> so yes tom oh, jones man. ends up having sex with every um... and to your question about him being likable he's not unlikable especially compared to your point exactly compared to the rest of the cast right. But I'm not like rooting for him. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. I'm just frustrated by his situation, and I want it to end. Are you like, are I, you like happy in the end when he gets together with Suzanne York? No, that? there's no. no payoff. I'm happier when I find out he's not a bastard. <laughs> that was a good scene. I did like that. That was great. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is cool. Oh, he didn't sleep with his mom. Phew. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so we we mentioned this this food scene a little bit here. So let's let's talk about this here. So Tom has now more or less he saved his his pseudo mom. From this, he doesn't know that it's his mom. She's just some it's damsel in distress. Well, it, it is as far as the audience knows, it's his mom. He okay. saves it from this 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 red coat who just won't leave him alone. He just keeps he, keeps it keeps bugging him. But well, let's actually just talk about him first. Because already you you brought him up already. Yeah, he he's a terrible character. Like he I mean, he's a great character, but he's a terrible he's just person. A, just a dick. He's a bad guy. Talk about going all in on that on that that rat that just just jonesing him about. About his, his to- girl. Totally. And then, what, you throw a, gla- a huge full bottle at his head? Like, what, you don't think you're going to kill him? <laughs> you killed him. Um, he, also, that the so I love the line, uh, Jenny Jones lets him escape, like helps him escape. Mm-hmm. And then the other woman kicks Tom Jones out, and she's like, she'll find out what kind of man he really is soon enough. And the next time we see her, she's being tied to a branch by him. Yeah, by the neck. Oh, no, by her hands, because he's going to take advantage of her. Yeah, but then he's t- he takes it, he puts something around her neck. Oh, does to, he? To the tree, yeah, not, not, not good. He, this, is, this movie, really decent, like, th- I know it's going for comedy. The, the desensitization of rape. Yeah. yeah, they're right. They're they're tired of being in the Hays Code is what it is. It's like now we, oh, we can put whatever we want on screen or we're going to do exactly that. Yeah, there's two uh, like rape scenes or discussions basically. Uh, that's a lot. I have, I can yeah. think of three. three. I have okay. a third. I have a th- one, this one line is just absolutely brutal yeah. at the end of the movie. 
I don't want to get to it. With, with Lord well, Felimar, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're bouncing all over the place here, just m- much like the movie does. But <laughs> yeah. We might be more, <laughs> m- more coordinated than the movie is. So, he, him, Jenny Jones and do the, do the food scene here. Now, yeah. Oz, I'll let you talk about this first. What, what did you make of the food scene the first time you saw it? It's a, well, first time, it's just it's kind of shocking. Yeah. You don't know what you're seeing, but uh, I think it, 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 that seems like, like a perfect level of over the top for what they're trying to do. Yeah. I, I think. Um, it's, it's funny. It's sarcastic. Yeah, it's their, their you know, their... They're acting this out sex, seduction. basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this yeah. is their sedu- seduction with a, a ton of food. I it took them three hours to film that. They were they were puking like, in buckets. Yes, and... <laughs> they were they were hurting um, after that uh, scene because they had to eat so much. That's probably the most famous scene in the movie. Like when you look for gifts, that's the gift that comes up. Yeah. The two of them eating eating chicken wings. I'm sure Joey R at home is fitting, has a lot to say about the chicken wing eating going on here with the with the two of them. And and Hugh Griffith earlier on them getting it all over his face and. Yeah. And, and, and sucking down wine and just, just sloppy eaters in this movie very to, sloppy to this movie's defense I think that's kind of an iconic scene in, in the history of, of these movies it's it, it's the most iconic scene that this movie has to offer I don't know if it's iconic in the grand scheme of things and like, I, I, I feel like it's been done probably before but also after in comedies where it's it's zooming in on the facial expressions of people where they're obviously uh, imitating sex during a different activity is something that's been borrowed. Great point. Yeah. You know? People so sitting at opposite tables like one's yeah. eating a banana yeah, or yeah. like drinking a bottle yeah. and like, like seductively. I feel or like a scene like this, we're not seeing movies now that are directly inspired by this, but movies we see now were inspired by movies that were inspired by yeah, this. Like right? we're seeing the grandchildren of, of, of a couple of these scenes, and f- including going back to that to that montage, uh, the dating montage. But honestly, the first time I saw this eating scene, I had a boner. <laughs> <laughs> it was very formative for you. Yeah, this was a formative scene in my years. <laughs> so this, I- this writer has, has some kind of fetish. Well, I think he pays... Women online to watch them eat. There's there's a food pay. fetish going on here. There, he's, he yeah. likes grease on face. Yep. He's like even when Hugh Griffiths is doing it, he seems to be uh, he like, seems to be into it. Right. That's what I mean. He's like he's like yell louder so food flies out of your mouth. Like disgusting stuff. Yeah. There, there's some gross eating. Grow up. Lobsters, guys. You like lobsters? I do. You do lobster. Okay. Artie, you're not a lobster guy. I, I don't eat seafood. You're not a seafood guy. Okay. So that makes, that makes I, sense. I, listen. I try it all. <laughs> I try it all the time. All right. I hate the taste of the ocean. Okay. Mm, okay. Is that like a, a hard line? Like you don't need like no tuna fish, no. No, nothing? like if, you, if I go to a, I like tuna fish. If okay, I go so to, there are a couple. If I go to a hibachi restaurant and they grill up shrimp, like that doesn't taste like the ocean. Okay. Or so there are delicious. some some exceptions. Yeah, yeah I'm not like, like a, I'm not like a loser where I'm like, no, I don't eat seafood. <laughs> I'll eat seafood as long as it tastes like chicken. <laughs> right. Basically, fish, fish yeah. Sticks. I don't like the taste of fish. You like fish sticks. I got tricked into eating those ones. Pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> Grow up. I'm a big lobster guy. I love uh, I've tried, love I've it. tried it's, it. It's a lot of work for like a little bit of food. It is. But it, it is it's they, tasty. I the, think it's not supposed to be erotic, which is the, the point. Of it being yeah, erotic. Yeah, right. I think it's, it's funny because it's not. Yeah, like right. so, like this movie just stops being a movie and it's like, let's have fun with this scene. It's a bunch of skits. I, yeah, yeah I guess that's sticky. what a comedy sticky. is trying to do. I guess, right? Is I mean, this listed as a comedy? It's a comedy. Like it it's is listed it's, as a comedy. Okay. I was wondering yeah. about that when I was watching it. Yeah, I, I couldn't I mean, tell if I, it was trying to be serious. Or I not. don't laugh while I watch this movie, so I don't. I have a hard time admitting it's a comedy. But I laughed a few times. I get maybe there's just some things where I'm not honed in on the humor. So what, did you not, like, what do you think about this food scene? As someone who's seen all of the, um, um I I think 
I I appreciate it because it's different and it's it's unique yeah. and it's something that stands out within this movie. And I think that every one of these movies on the list, this list, has to have a moment like right. that. And you know, whether it's American Paris, it's probably like the last fifteen minutes there, the, like that scene, or you know, or you can go as big as a movie like a Titanic yeah. or a Rocky, where you're at the top of the steps or the bow of the boat. You know, this is kind of a far cry from Rocky standing yeah, at the yeah. top of the steps here, but. Yeah, this would probably be the thing that you'd remember about Tom Jones. I find myself very patient when it comes to these movies, and I really find the best in them. And, and in talking to you guys, when you're pointing out some, some merits within this movie that I perhaps overlooked, either because I just didn't care to look, or, <laughs> I, or just it was... I need to say, too, my viewing situations, both times I watched this week, couldn't have been more laid out and free Better. and and yeah there there was no I can't say excuses I wasn't in a rush to catch a train or anything like that like it was I had the night off I sat down and watched it today I sat down and watched it the day off I sat down and watched it I made it through the first one with no breaks and the, the one today man I was ready for it to end I was ready to say my goodbyes to Tom Jones so I mean it's yeah. it's hard it's hard when you're not when you're not on, on the frequency with a movie it really is and I know Artie that's happened to you a few times here <laughs> yeah dude what I do singing in the rain but I rewatched it without the dancing fast forwarding scenes. fast forwarding the, the, the singing, music numbers the music numbers <laughs> oh you didn't get caught at all by the way I'm just kidding <laughs> yeah, 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 no one knows yeah Joey yeah, came yeah. kicking through the screen. And like, <laughs> yeah. I dedicate that super sarcastic comment to Tom Jones. <laughs> Do you guys think that Woody Allen drew any inspiration from this movie in his style with Annie Hall? Where the character turns to the camera and goes, well... Like the, the, the waiting on line scene. Ring the Woody when Allen walks, bell, by the way. He came up again. So when he walks... <laughs> so when he, when he walks up in, Woody, in uh, Annie Hall, when he walks out of line when they're waiting online and he talks about the scene. Yeah, no, I know watching. exactly what you're talking about. I I'm, got I'm, vibes of that. I'm starting to think your point about people being influenced by other people yeah. from this movie. This movie, tr I see other things. Mm -hmm. I honestly got some Quentin vibes at times. I Tom did. Jones isn't the first movie to break the break the, the fourth wall, though. I mean, we talked about Gigi last week, which there's, break, there's fourth wall breaking in that. There's fourth wall breaking in movies decades before that. So... Is Woody Allen getting it from this? I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible. I mean, I, I would have to think that anyone making movies at that level within the genre is Seeing probably the best fully aware of Tom Jones. Right. I mean, you know, it was a Best Picture winner in the comedy genre from, from the decade before. And audiences loved it. Yeah, so... That's I don't know. That's an interesting That's point. To say. I got yeah. Annie Hall vibes. I did. So, Su Susanna York, Artie, you kind of just... You, you said you didn't love the character. What do you think of the performance? She's great. Yeah. All the actresses in this are great. Susanna York, we talked about before in A Man for All Seasons. She's she's uh, his daughter in A Man for oh, All Seasons. Oh, that's she why she looked that, familiar. And she has that great back and forth with... Robert Shaw. With Robert Shaw, that back and forth where there, she there, she's kind of like putting him to test. There's a great, great scene within that. She's a great actress. Yeah, and you'll know her from uh, Superman, too. She's uh, she's Superman's his mom. parent, yeah. Yeah, Laura. And so is... Um, Marlon Brando. No, but in another Superman movie, our boy from Titanic, Spicer Lovejoy, that actor from Oh, he's in the, on the TV show. He is, he's yeah. the dad. Unlike uh, Lewis and Clark. <laughs> he's the Lewis dad of Clark. Superman, yeah. but still, yeah, both Superman, Superman's parents. Superman vibes there, yeah. Spicer. Spicer Lovejoy. So we get to the end scene with uh, Jenny Jones right after the eating scene. Right. Mr. Fitzpatrick shows up, which I think this guy's a great character. 
because he thinks his wife's in there with Tom Jones. He barges in. First of all, Jenny Jones literally just starts going, rape, rape, <laughs> rape. And then there's another woman who runs around the hotel the entire time going, rape, rape. Wait, yep. the hotel manager comes out and goes, what's all the hassle? And she goes, there's rape going on down there. <laughs> like, well, like it's an activity. Yeah, I have that written down too. There's rape going on down there. Like it was, it wasn't even that excited. Like, is, this, is that how you say it? If that's like, like, how about someone's being raped? There's rape going on. There's a party going on down there. Jesus, very uncomfortable, inexplicable scene. And then my favorite is Mr. Fitzpatrick's apologies. A thousand pardons, man. Like he's like, <laughs> I, again, I apologize. Like I thought you was me wife. We get another masquerade scene. We haven't had one of those since our uh, our, our uh, Amadeus Amadeus episode. It's amazing how masquerade. effective the masks are in this. You like can't <laughs> tell who he's talking to. Like Superman. Yeah. Maybe Superman was. Uh, That's right. Was Superman. influenced by this. Yeah. Right. Uh, just a couple other best best picture uh, shout outs. I want to other best picture shout outs here. There's uh, when he's taking Jenny Jones out of the town. The narrator says, "Like Orpheus leading Eurydice out of hell." The Orpheus. Opera is in Slumdog Millionaire. Oh. And that's one of the, the... The story of Orpheus is one of the things that Slumdog Millionaire is based on, is him uh, pulling Fredo Pinto out of out of the, the slum and out of, out of quote-unquote hell. Sounds like uh, Brumhilda, right? From Django. She's in hell. Yeah, he has to go uh, get yeah, her another, yeah her. that's another kind of... Yeah, another yeah, Orpheus. Love that. Orpheus type story, yeah. Rule Britannia, which is the British Navy song. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun, 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 oh, dun, when they're dun, marching. Dun. Yep, they're in there singing the actual lyrics. We've seen that in three other Best Picture winners we've discussed. Oz, you were around for one of them. Cavalcade. Ugh. Also, uh, Around the World in 80 Days, Oof. said in that one. And Mutiny and the Bounty, you hear that. Oh. So it's heard in all. This is the fourth one we've covered where that Rule Britannia is, is heard. There's a bunch of little, like, you're all right, Arnie. There were a couple little quotable things. So, like, picking one quote was a little tough. This is, there was um, a funny one where Sophie and her her buddy is is on the uh, her the horse, and they kind of go through town there, and Sophie gets into, like, a an altercation with, with like, one of the women there. The inn manager. The, yeah, the inn manager who, did, who got who got She just who got dealt chipped. with the Fitzpatrick rape. Yeah, right. He, he kept going on about, and yeah, no, no one paid her, so they all, like, skipped on the bill. And he kept going on about this Sophie. She's like, I am Sophie. She's like, well, then you get the hell out of here, too. Yeah, I love And that. the woman in the back there is just like, oh, well, let's just go. And, and she goes, and take your trollop with you. And the woman goes, you can't talk to me like that. <laughs> Do. I didn't say anything. That's great. The back of the there is some yeah, really no, that, good that dialogue. One, that one actually did get there. There's some hidden dialogue. Take your troll up with you. One of the, my other quotes too, which I thought was just kind of just very quotable. Artie, you you brought up uh, Edith Edith Evans. Yeah, she's great. Edith Evans, and she was kind of just trying to like like sell the uh, getting married to to old Sophie. Sophie's like, I'm, I'm not getting married to someone that I'm like that I don't like. I don't like him. He's gross. And here's here's the quote here from from Edith Evans. I've known many couples who entirely disliked each other, and lead very comfortable and genteel lives. Like, <laughs> I, like Edith Evans, I do too. <laughs> so That's say a it, timeless quote. Yes, yeah. that one that one yeah. transcends centuries. So now, did you did the lip sync, please? 
pick up on anything in this. Uh, I saw some odd dubbing here and there, but not enough for them to like take the ticket book out. They said they kept the ticket book in the pocket, but who did you who did you have that so you that we to, got a criminal who got like by. To tell in, tell when she you. sings to the bird, Sophie in the cage. Yeah, go watch that scene. Oh, again. I missed that. There's yeah. just like singing going too. on and her moving her mouth, and uh, there's they're not in sync wow. whatsoever. Okay, yeah, there was some there was some it's like odd a dubbing singing. throughout. It's French singing. And her, like... Just, oh, yeah, not even close. I'm yeah. like, oh, Jesus. I was like, I wonder if Kieran will catch on this. Uh, how I about usually the, get him. I usually get him. How about the stand and deliver scene? Tom Partridge, the the, the robber. Isn't that oh, he's, like, he's trying to hijack them on the side of the road? Yeah, he's like, stand and deliver. She's like, what? Don't he's point like, that thing Deliver what? I'm not a midwife in, tra- in travel. He's like, get, don't point that at me. Get... But Dobson, go on! Like, she keeps saying, Dobson, go on, and so Get that much. firearm out of my face. Yeah, were, they, had, they had a little couple moments here and there with that. Or, I thought or, that or part was charming. Smiled a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like... Where uh, Partridge and him bump yeah, into each other? It's kind of like Saturday Night Live. Like, you got a couple of hits in, uh, <laughs> with, these, with these skits throughout two hours. Right, you know, a couple there. half smiles. Yeah. We haven't brought up the score yet. It's an Oscar award-winning score. you have anything to say about that? I love the score, actually. Me too. Me too. I wrote that down. That it's not a, a score that I'm gonna like walk around listening to, you know, on a walk. But I think it fits this movie for all its warts and how uh, issues with the movie. It fits it perfect. It's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything against it. I, I had no issue with it. I thought there were moments where they picked they picked little little musical riffs and things in the right spot. I thought it was organized very well. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the actual music itself didn't do anything for me, but that's it's it's kind of unlikely that any period piece type of deal like that is gonna be something I'm gonna really like. But there was something that annoyed me. Okay. So the main instrument used is the harpsichord, which mm-hmm. is really cool. It's, yep. a, it's awesome sounding instrument and handle is like one of the people who made that instrument famous. And he's an awesome composer. Mm-hmm. And all they do is bash him, this movie. <laughs> Squire Western wants Sophie to play something, and he's like, not that bloody handle, play something else. See, there, that's like inside British humor that I'm just not going to... There's, there, there's, some, there's some kind of inside British joke there that I'm not getting. It, that, that it's not going to stand through time, a joke like yeah. that. Yeah. It's funny, because I handle's really good, and the instrument they use is the one made famous by yeah, him, so, basically. Right. So, okay. like, so you did pick up on it, but yeah. it, offend, it offended you. It didn't make I you like laugh. handle. I, they're like ripping on him the whole movie. <laughs> there's it, our there's our music nerd section. We haven't had that draw long. the emotion that it was intended to. It was yeah. supposed to make right. him laugh, and it got him pissed. Yeah. <laughs> well, How know, dare you offend yeah. handle? This yeah. gives more credence to my get off my lawn section. Yeah. Yeah. The animal handle. Beating the animals, no problem. All the rape jokes, no problem. But don't make fun of this fucking instrument. It's Handel and the Beach Boys, and that's it. Everybody else can get off my lawn. Can we talk about Lord Felimar? Okay, let's talk Lord Felimar. Playing footsie under the table. What a weirdo. Great. Total weirdo. And one of the weirdest lines I've ever heard in a movie, especially the way it was delivered. His sister, is it his sister also who's, who's advising him? She's laying in bed, and she literally says... He's like, I tried to court her or whatever. Is that Mrs. Miller or whatever? Mrs. Miller. Miller laying right? in bed in the white it's, gown it, and she holds the wine. Yeah. Well, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah. she literally says, he's like, I'm trying to court her. She's like, you're too passive, whatever, blah, blah, blah. She goes, are you frightened by the word rape? <laughs> what? Yeah. You missed that. <laughs> I caught it with subtitles. Then he walks into the room like an animal and he's oh like, my God. Oh, I, I can't wait. To, he's like, I throw the world at your feet. If I, yeah. I, I look like the Joker. Whoa. He sounds like a psycho, but the line is, 
are you frightened by the word rape? Like, basically insinuating, go rape her, make her pregnant. Jeez. Like, that line, it's, what? Yeah. That's a brutal line. So I know. There's, yeah, there's your third rape reference. <laughs> third rape reference. It's you know, insinuating, it's just, go rape her. That is Game of thrones Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm numb by the third act of this one. Yeah. Uh, Dude, it's, it's brutal. The last two minutes is, is, is torture. Can we talk yeah. about the schemes, though, while what the... the Wait, to, Lord Bellis, Be- Lady Bellis. Lady Bellis. Yeah, let's also, get to her. This is yeah, confusing. Let's talk lady, if let's you talk can explain this to me, I'll give you money out of my pocket. Okay, Lady Bellis, played by played by Joan Greenwood. She missed out on the uh, on the Oscar nod here. One of the more interesting characters, personally for me. I mean, if I knew was, what she was doing, I think she was interesting. Yeah, I just she was just kind of like just like the devious. You know, well, just like every other female, she's attack- attracted to Tom Jones. But in a, but in a, in a, in a, in a, a way of power, though, too, she Probably. wants to kind of more dominate him. She's like the, she's one of the she's only, a sugar mama. Yeah, but she's also one of the only women in the movie that like that want to just do it to kind of mess with him a little bit because she doesn't want really much to do with him. Right, but then she, the go, but then she goes to the room and he's hiding. I don't even remember. I can't. There's too many characters. Yeah. He hides the woman behind the curtain. Right, and she's like. Are you betraying my honor with her? Like, she cares yeah, that he... True, true, like, true. Everyone just falls in love with him. It doesn't make sense. Well, she wants... For whatever reason, she wants Tom Jones for herself and Sophie out, obviously. Right. Yeah. I mean, All right. I, I don't know why. It's just because she's it's vengeful. Yeah, it is it's a the control thing. It's, like, like, cool, I it's like Sarah Michelle Gellar yeah. and Cruel Intention. Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes up with this... I wouldn't do that to well, Sarah. Her, but her, but uh, Lady Belliston's scheme to try to get Sophie out of the picture is to force a lord onto her. So she goes away to get them married, right? You're telling me. That's, <laughs> I that's was probably, lost at this part, that's man. Probably, and that's the guy with the footsie guy, yeah, right? The yeah. foot, right that, Lord Felimar. Yeah, trying to, she's trying to get, her, get her him and Sophie picture. together. So Sophie's out of the picture. Got so it. she has Tom Jones by herself. Got it. Tom Jones realizes what's Ooh, going on and does this whole marriage scheme, which is just the, obviously going to be the ultimate backfire. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't oh, understand him buying into this scheme so quickly. Now that was Larry David and and Jeff Green coming up with a the plan there. Yeah, I was, I was asking to marry her. What you could know? go wrong? I'm not gonna say yes. I promise you're not gonna say yes. I'll, I'll ask her to marry her. That's a it's a good idea. Well, yeah. she didn't say yeah. She just sent the letter around. Jeff, around. what'd you do, Jeff? Yeah. You tell me that. Yeah. She, she, shot, she shot the thing. Like, you did it in writing. You should have done it in writing. <laughs> Larry, you should have done it in writing. I didn't say to do it in writing. <laughs> And she's Your showing father? it around. What is what is he doing putting that in writing? Oh, good good God. I mean, like, Dude, I mean, that's how they communicated back then. But, but like, like she's Tom, just going to show it to people. Does this guy really seem like he has a brain in his head? Tom? No. No, yeah. it's just a pretty face. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. he's literally a body moving through yeah. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is a fucking accurate description. Uh, that, that, is, that, is, that is how I feel about it. About Albert Finney's portrayal of Tom That's Jones. That's what it is. There's he's, scenes where the yeah. actors around him are acting, and he's there, and he's, he's the a main body part just of it, I guess. Throughout the movie. He's a body moving throughout the movie. That's that's well said. He's a shell. <laughs> I guess it's hard to defend him as the protagonist of this movie. Like, are we rooting for the guy? No, I just told you I'm not. I don't. I'm not rooting for him at any point in this movie. I don't. I don't think he's likable. I don't. I, I'm. I'm. I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the other team. I'm I'm like, let's let's fucking hang him. Let's go. Hang him. When the movie ends, I really don't know what I watched. And I watched it twice in like two days. And at both times, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that was. Like, what was that? Yeah, I give the sword fighting a B plus. Oh my god! Don't tell me the guy with the red coat fighting <laughs> B plus. No, it's like a D minus. Uh, garbage. My expectations are very low. They were very low. See, I mean, when I... you when you go, it's fine. 
That's what Grant says when he has very low expectations and refuses <laughs> Dude, to do You guys invited me anymore. here for this movie. I'm just trying. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. It's, it's fine, I guess, but when you have low expectations. I would have never seen this movie. Ever in my life, I lived happily if it wasn't for this. So leave me alone. Watching watching this movie was work. It was work. It is a bit of a chore. It was work. Four hours of work. Yeah, I, I think of the of the. This is the 29th movie we've covered. Yeah. I think this is was the most painful one. The most painful watches for me were this one. I, the musicals were worse for me. It was hard, to but understand. that's it. Yeah, M- movie wise. Like maybe probably Broadway Melody. Yeah, I mean That's this one. It's this one for me. This, as far as the watches go, and some of these movies are like three and a half hours. Like the, this was the toughest watch. Like I didn't want to do this again. I did not want to. Like I watched it a couple days ago, and then I had to watch it again today. And I just I was procrastinating. I was like folding clothes. So how many? <laughs> <laughs> so how many times is it that time of year already? So how many? How many times? Did you check to see how much time was left in this movie? Because I waited, like, 40 minutes, and I'm like, all right, let me check. I'm like, all right, 40 minutes, that's normal. And then I waited, like, what felt like another hour, and I checked, and I'm like, 45 oh, it's minutes. been four minutes. Yeah. It's like, Click it again, I'm like, I, is it going to be an hour? When am I going to have an hour left? And then I have an hour left, I'm like, I have an hour left. It's like Vito and the Sopranos uh, hammering away at the, <laughs> it's got to be, it's got to at least be 11 o'clock, and then, all right, it's been at least a half hour, it means 11.30, lunch is only a half hour away. This is really good. It's, I mean, and then pretty soon it'll be one o'clock. Checks the clock. It's like ten oh five. God damn it! <laughs> um, I guess before we wrap up the the plot of this, I, did we begin I, the plot? I want to I want to hear you try to explain the ending to me, like in a brief, compact. Starting plot. where? The very beginning when he gets struck. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> where, where he's about to be hung or hanged. Okay. okay. Before you do that, I just yeah. do want to say I did like the little hanging song that they were singing. Yeah, the score. Um, Jones um, the score. is done, and we're score. going Poor to Tommy. hang. Poor Tommy. Yeah. Loved Poor it. Tommy's hanging. Loved it. I was feeling that. I was like, ah, oh, all right, here we go. But we like again, something. where did this great part of this movie come from? Why wasn't it here the whole it, time? It, it's, like, it's, a, it's an extremely disjointed movie. Yeah, totally. I mean, from, from beginning to end. The, and, the, the director didn't say, show up to the Oscars, by the way. He didn't show up to accept his award. Yeah. He really doesn't like this movie. I don't well, know why sick. I don't know why he wasn't there that day, yeah. so I don't know. <laughs> he might have had the flu or something. I don't no, know. he like disown, he disowns um, this like movie. It's a pretty good honor. I don't think he award. disowns the movie. I, I, I think what I read is, is that he gets... He doesn't. He doesn't feel super proud of it, and he gets a little uncomfortable when people bring it up to him. Like he's just like, I, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily feel. His direct quote is, "I felt the movie to be incomplete and botched in much of its execution." I am not knocking that kind of success. Everyone should have it, but whenever someone gushes to me about Tom Jones, I always cringe a little inside. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So all right. So yeah, we had the quote ready. Good to go, Johnny on the spot. Already on the spot here. That's uh, Artie's I, quote in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call that disowning. I mean, he it's, cringes, he cringes a little inside. He cringes a little inside, is what he said. So, but that's like that's disowning it. Disowning it is like, you do not bring it up to me. All you right, know? you're right. I'm sorry, disowning was a little But yeah, you had that quote ready to go, though. I like that. Yeah. He waved that paper at me like he was like, see? Okay, so uh, let, me, let me do my best to explain, <laughs> yeah, explain the, the closing moments here. So Tom Jones gets into a scuffle mm-hmm. with this... This Lord character, right? Who's, Fitzpatrick or Fitzpatrick, yes. who we thought was sleeping with his wife earlier, and now he's you know he's he's comes at him. They're kind of in this like alleyway type of situation where you have some vagrants in there. Mm-hmm. They watch the fight and they see it how they want to see it. One of the guy literally has one eye, I think. And they said he went and attempted to murder on this guy. They wrapped he him robbed up. him. They've been he itching. went and he attempted robbery. Okay, 
they've been itching to hang people this entire movie, so they finally get their opportunity to here. They got a brand new noose. They, they got a brand it. new noose. We get this cool song. They're marching him to town. Now, the guy fully recovers and says, nah, he didn't try to kill me. I was kind of a, I was being kind of a dick to begin with. I probably deserved it. Yeah. And then the Lord Alworth from the beginning is back in the mix, and he finds out about the note. This that note he, that that Fifle has been Lifle, holding on the whole time. Yeah, been, he the had his. Yeah, he promised the guy a little political upper if he if he'd give it to him. They now we now all of a sudden we're back to doing the gimmicky camera work with like the people listening in and. Oh, I ooh, hated that. Ah, I agree. That was overcompensation for like, oh, remember, we got to go back and do these quirky things here. Then we get Jenny Jones doing the breaking the fifth wall, which actually was one of the gimmicks that I really liked. I already mentioned that, too. It was very Muppet movie-ish to me. You know, like it... It felt Annie Hall to me. That's yeah. what I got. Yeah, so now we have the ticking clock, the, the, de- the death sentence ticking clock, a great movie trope. Can't go wrong with that, nope. usually. And Except here, I guess. He needs someone <laughs> to save the day while he's being hanged. For some reason, his neck doesn't break when they bring the, the, the thing it's off. The I guess we'll save for the next big zone. We'll save for the next zone. And Hugh Griffith comes and saves the day. Why Hugh Griffith all of a sudden is, is good now, I didn't quite get that. He's not inter- good. He's still the same motivated character. But why is he, why is he all about him Tom marrying Jones. his daughter? Because he now just Tom- found out he's a legitimate heir. He's not a bastard he's not anymore. A bastard. He's but. more an heir than Bliffle. Okay, okay. All about status. Because he's the older Got brother to the mom to right. Bliffle's mom. Okay, so now, so now he realizes, uh, realizes there's a... This is the one there. my daughter needs to marry, so like an animal, he literally goes, cuts him down, just carries him off and brings him to his daughter. He's, this guy is just like an animal hunter, the whole movie. People He's, are animals too. He treats yeah. them the same. He treats people the same as animals. That might have been what they were trying to go for. So is that, that, is that description? Does that, that description yeah, suffice that. there? And then yeah. they make out in the end to the ending credits. See, which... it's, just, it's, so, it's, it's just so disorienting. What yeah, about, what it's, a, it's, a, it's a real weak third act. It's rushed. It's a rushed ending. I think there's a good concept within this uh, movie. And if they just would have embraced it instead of all these this convoluted plot with all these different lords and... So let me ask you I agree with you. There's something there. Let me ask you this question then. What's the best version of this movie? Is the best version of this movie like a movie that you consider like great, that you love, that you'd rewatch? Because I I don't... That's where I'm going to go against you a little bit is I don't fully see that. Like, while there are some ideas and some witty things in this, I don't think the best version of this movie is something I I would like either. It could be a, a, a... funny period piece that stands the test of time because it's it's parodying a period that we are all familiar with regardless of the time frame is that like the, if you get it right i just don't i don't know if i see a version of this movie that's that's all that weighty though like like you you guys have brought up a couple of interesting points here that i could get a little excited about get my head around already bringing up like character layers to tom jones about him having mommy issues yeah or, or, you know, uh, Susanna York having daddy issues. Or like, all right, well, maybe there's like some some commentary going on there. But I don't know. Like, I don't think any version of this movie touches something like Amadeus. How about if you go, oh, absolutely not. No, that that's true. But oh, if, no. But we're talking about Best Picture winners here. We're going to rank them up against each other. And I think that, like, you need to start <laughs> thinking, especially when you're saying a movie's a little disjointed, like, what's the best version of that movie? What if you I mean, we'll, save it, we'll save it for my recast. Yeah. Okay. He went all in and, and made Tom Jones just a fully ironic character. 
Like make them like uh, like Belushi and all the women. But does so it win well. Best Picture then? No, right. No, then we're not talking about yeah, it. Not, so that's that's not the best no, version. No, of no, one's ever seen it. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. probably. Yeah, it probably doesn't even. You probably couldn't even stream it yeah. at that at that point. Yeah. So no, I don't have an answer. Okay. Is there any anything else that we have to say about this movie? Is there anything in any of your notes here that you'd like to bring up? No, my notes are complete. You know the singer Tom Jones got his name from this? Uh, yes, I did read that. That's I did terrible. Read that. Like, come on, dude. I, I, I get it. I disagree. I, and here's you why. know what? I disagree with myself as well. You're right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Because when you pick, when you pick your name, your stage name, off of a successful movie, and then your name that you've made for yourself becomes more popular than the actual movie, that's like someone like that's like someone saying, oh, "I'm going to make my stage name John Wick." And then when when people Google image John Wick, you Whoa. show up and not Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Right. It's not that dramatic. Uh, we, we don't know. We don't know yet. I guess. I keep be, forgetting there, Tom Jones was successful. There could be a British crooner. <laughs> I keep forgetting in, that. You know, there could be a British crooner right can now you, looking can, to be John Wick. Can you imagine the three of us were around in 1963 reviewing this movie and people were like, God, these guys are such assholes and haters. Like, everyone <laughs> loves this movie. Is it we... time to enter the nitpick zone? Believe it or not, we haven't been in the nitpick zone here. We were in the body of the mm. thing. Are we ready for the nitpick zone? Yes? Sure. I will go first. It's something we, we touched on before. Okay. The whole scene of Tom finding out Molly is, is not pregnant with his child. The reactions. The ha-ha-ha. Like, I would think that you'd be a little more pissed off if... You are told that this is your child, and then you go and confront the person, and then the actual father is like hiding behind the the curtain, yeah. and then it then it's like a it fades out with everyone going like it's like a Mentos commercial <laughs> where you're like ah oh, shucks you know the fresh maker yeah yeah I think you should be a little more pissed off about that, that yeah scene they seem to kind of have a fast loose love relationship where I think you know maybe that but like how does seeing another naked guy behind the sheets confirm fatherhood well i i i do think though that one of the reasons that he was laughing was he goes because she was coming down on him about like him not committing to her get your life together yeah and then he sees like like mr square behind the curtain and he's like what are you you coming down on me for like i'm i'm free here i'm free so gonna go after the kind of last scene here i mean the british army can't secure a hanging here like where where is the infrastructure are we not yeah like, we, anyone can just trollop their horse in and cut him down yeah. and then have a couple of red coats like loosely chase after him as he goes like yeah. they're about to fight the american revolution here in a in a couple decades like i think they have to figure out how to secure a, a hanging in town square i think yeah, we serious. spoke about the british army uh in cavalcade when they were going to fight the boer war and how like they were all dancing getting on the boat i was like yeah. oh, i don't know about these guys going to <laughs> war they're all like holding hands singing with, the, with each other but think about right before that scene the guy that was put in charge of the condemned is that loser guy who was ripping on Tom Jones and trying to rape Jenny Jones. Yeah, but so I, that I guy's just, in charge. So he's incompetent. We know I, that. I get that. Tom's but I already just, defeated him. Just from a bodies standpoint, like you're going to have X number of bodies. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be able to breach that. You know, there'd be oh a, the horse hit. just riding. Yeah, up. yeah, you wouldn't be able to breach it, an execution like that. Realistic. And if you did, they'd pounce on you. Yeah. You know, so that that oh, was kind of one big. Oh, I have a good one. So Tom and Molly make love at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. You're getting poison ivy. <laughs> Already in the poison ivy. 
sumac, oak. Rodents and poison ivy. You're getting them. And love, like, she's like brushing poison sumac on his face. <laughs> I love I how mean, you so delicately just said make love and you you've been screaming rape for like. <laughs> well, they say rape. You've been all screaming that. rape. Well, Tom Jones had the audacity to make love to that one woman. That's a great line, by the way. She's like, do you believe he had the audacity to make love to me? So the the voiceover you were good with in this one, Artie, because the your, narrator was one of my favorite parts. Really. He's wow, funny. So he Everything the narrator says is funny. Okay, so he wasn't just doing the show and t- talking about what you're seeing. He was. It is widely held that too much wine will dull a man's desire. Indeed, it will in a dull man. Yes. <laughs> like, come on. That's like a um, most interesting man of the world quote there. Heroes. In what, commercial. Heroes, whatever high ideas we may have of them, are mortal and not divine. We are all as God made us, and many of us much worse. Wow, these okay. are great lines. Like, I, I mean, I have I have a great one from the end here too, from from our our friend the disembodied narrator. Tis said that hope is a bad supper, but makes a good breakfast. Yes, I would love to use that, but I I don't care for the words tis or supper, so I'm gonna have to make. See, I like all these words. There. Oh, uh, they say foundling a bunch in this. They say foundling more than once. At wildling is all I was thinking of, and Molly oh, reminds me of a wildling. Hmm. That, yes, I would agree. And with that. Black George like yeah. reminds me of Craster a little bit. Interesting, right? There, I'm telling you, he drew inspiration from this. <laughs> He's leaning into it. I like it, it is not true that a drink alters a man's character. A man's character and may reveal it more fully. Hmm. Uh, Oz, other nitpicks here. So when when Bliffle takes the letter at the funeral. The, the letter. Oh, yeah. I feel like that should have been noticed a little more, how aggressively he was like, nope, nope, I'll take that. No one else. I'll, it's for me. But yeah. he like, promised the guy upper we had no one upward else movement. I'd be like, eh, well, what's in that letter? Uh, yeah, it it we, may we go back to what we were saying before, like with the Larry, like, why'd you write it down? Like, I think maybe there's just notes being passed all over the place at this time. Like, people are... Well, just, that was the only note passed in the whole movie. So. Well, we don't... You know, there was the no, one... No, the marriage yeah, proposal to the psycho woman, Bellistrum. I think that oh, maybe yes, how yes, they yes, communicated yes, yes, back yes. then. So, That's but true. yeah, there right. should have been more of like a will. Right, reading. Stop nitpicking my nitpick. <laughs> well, well, we're we in the nitpick zone. The nitpick zone is a is a it's a UFC cage here. You got to be able to fight for and against your nitpicks here. That's Joey Joey R. Uh, his, yeah. uh, his Back well, to the Future yeah, battle. I heard that. He's very angry at me, yeah. Chris, that, that that evening. Yeah. Uh, Artie, you have something else for us here? You want me to go? Drunken behavior is just awful in this like terribly acted tom jones trying to carve sophie's name on the tree like he was getting nowhere if you look at his hand he's not making an s and then he's like no oh he sees molly he's like oh mall m for molly he's not making an m either the guy's just stabbing a tree he was getting absolutely nowhere with that tree carving i would agree with you there well the joke's on you because it worked yeah that's because he got him he betted them both so, all right, I want to them all. I mentioned the carriage coming apart. Seems like the the horse wasn't really moving all that quick. That should have been able to be prepared for him With to the, do that. The death of Blue yeah, mom. already kind of yeah, mentioned that that's... too. That never happens. That a horse just speeds up a little See, bit. You I think, think the car? I think that's supposed to be comedic. Right. Yeah, I didn't. That's it. That, that is a, That is a dark take on that though. Yeah. You <laughs> should talk the... to someone. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I love this one too, and this is you know this is a goofy nitpick because like you can see this happening real time. But in on his uh, his quote unquote deathbed, he, he doesn't end up dying. Squire Allworthy uh, is is talking to Tom and telling him about what he's going to be giving him, <laughs> and he goes, 
Tom, I'm convinced that goodness, generosity, and honor are in your nature. Why? Like, what what, yeah. what about Tom Jones has shown that, that honor is in his nature they didn't or develop goodness any, or yeah, generosity? They didn't like, like, all worthy signs. Yeah. Like. I mean, I guess that, like, any father or adopted father sees something in his son that yeah. maybe he's not there. I just thought that that was kind of funny. It's like, well, I'm like, glad you see that because I don't see any of these positive <laughs> qualities in this. That guy. was a quick, like, plot dump. Yep, you know, yep, kind yep. Of thing. Okay, I got one last one. Right. It's a little mean and it's a little kind of like movie movie world stuff that you'll see all the time, but I have to get it out there. Hugh Griffith. Okay, veteran actor. He's a good hand or whatever. <laughs> Ain't no fucking way he's producing a daughter as beautiful as Susanna York. I'm sorry. The guy's... That, oh, maybe he didn't. His face looks like a Halloween mask. There's no, it does. There's no, <laughs> it there does. Is no way that Susanna York like Richard is his offspring. There's just no way. There's just no way. She's like, it's just a, a beautiful blonde. There's just... Hugh Griffith is, is just... I'm sorry. I'm just... It's, it's, unless it's his adopted daughter. Or I just maybe don't. the drinking got to I him. hate to play that card there, but, you know, Hugh Griffith has done enough enough bizarre behavior in these episodes here of, of Best Picture Cat. So I think I can dig out him a little bit there. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No. 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 Iffy casting. It's iffy yeah. casting. That's it for the nitpicks. Twitter questions. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. We have questions. Cut you off there. We have, qu- we have questions for this movie? We do. We Not have the a, singer. This isn't about the singer? We have a bunch of... Well, we have some of those, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? They're like, do you think Tom Jones... What do you think his best song is? Okay, so we do indeed have Twitter questions, and we encourage any of you guys out there, before we record an episode, we usually put something out for you to hop in. We love uh, questions and comments. Sometimes just pointed comments that people want to get out there about, about a certain movie. So, I've done that before as, a, as an ask. It's, as an ask. Sometimes you got to. You know, sometimes Good. you got to. Uh, first question is from Noah Goucher. And he asks, is it unusual to be loved by anyone? You know, Noah, that's a great question. <laughs> it depends, I guess. I'd say it happens all the time, as the there great Tom nice. Jones might, nice. might respond. Next, we have Gabe Guarin. And Gabe from Alternate Oscars Podcast asks, is there any modern film that could be compared to this film? And is it the most atypical Best Picture winner? So I want, will you go, why don't you guys think about it, the first part of his question is if there's a modern movie this could be compared to. I'll answer the second question and think, is it the most atypical Best Picture winner? I'm going to say it's definitely up there. I would say as far as like all of the other ones in there, I mean, I, it, is, it is the period piece and it's super British and there's a ton of very British movies in here. A ton of period pieces in here, so I, I don't think it's like fully atypical. But I mean, Artie, you brought up Annie Hall. I think that's probably as atypical as a Best Picture winner as there is. Yeah, that, that movie's it, actually funny though. Any, yeah. I mean, anything else that stands out, or just other ones we've covered? Like, as what's, atypical. What's the most atypical well, one atypical. we've covered? No, I don't. Eh, I don't war movie that. though. But it's like a super dark, yeah. violent, realistic. But war it's just, movie. does it surprise you that that it won though? I mean, it, I, for its darkness level, it, kind of man. It's, it's more really violent. Than, violent. It's more violent than the average best picture. Yeah, I don't agree that. with that. It's an atypical. Uh, I I'm, I'm gonna leave with us. Listen, so. I'm throwing one out yeah. there. I'm, yeah. We're spitballing. Otherwise, we're no, spitballing. I, I don't think. I think this is definitely the most of what you've covered. Even going to movies, I'll have which we'll get to ranks below it. This is bizarre. This is yeah. a bizarre Best Picture winner. It is a bizarre Best Picture yeah. winner. Um, you know, I think when you go way back, I mean, it's kind of hard to call an Jose typical. If, yeah. if, like, Grand Hotel came out today and won, that, I think, would be a little atypical. 
But I mean, the fact—I mean, it, it was like the star third winner, right? It's, yeah, yeah star-studded. Star They've never know? seen a star-studded movie before. Is, so. Rain, is Rain Man atypical? Ah, <sighs> uh, okay. man. You know, I know that there's—I would bet that there's people who heard that right now and react and rolled their eyes and reacted like, "Oh, come on, it's the guy playing the guy with the ailment to this stuff." But yeah, I in, in retrospect, it is. I. I I don't hate that suggestion there. That's all I'm throwing yeah, out. It's going to get that's going to get a hard no from a lot of people because of the because of the disability end of it. But I I, I would be one of those people because I think the subject matter does make that not atypical. Yeah, but yeah. at the time, it, it's I think it's it very it ahead of less its time. Atypi- less atypical. It's very ahead of the time. At- I, I think it's it's at, because at the time what it addressed makes it a, a typical. Are you saying ah uh, no typical? Sorry. Right. I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) So a modern film that could be compared to this film. That's a that's a good question. I don't think there is one. So very good question. Men in men in tights. (laughs) Yeah, so that this will step on my uh, my my recommend. Okay, so we'll hold off we'll hold off on that. Already anything that off the top of your head you think for a movie that you could be compared to this one? No, actually. I really can't think of any. Yeah, I'm going to rack my brain a little bit as we go through this. I'm, and if, I'm, I'm I'll trying. I'll pop it up if, if something comes. But off the top Same. of my head, I can't uh, necessarily think of it. Same. One th- Adam from 1000 One by One asks, is this the most peculiar movie to win Best Picture? So we can use all the adjectives in the book here. Uh, I, again, atypical, peculiar. Uh, it, it's definitely a peculiar movie. <laughs> I've, of, of the movies I've watched, this is the one I understand the winning the least. Agreed. I think I agree yeah, with that I agree. too. I agree. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, we can even look at like a Broadway melody that clearly won because it's of its achievements in sound. Grand Hotel because of the big, the big cast. You know, Cavalcade because of the, the time period and what it at least attempted to do. I, I would not call that's that. a peculiar. <laughs> that's yeah. a weird one too, but, dude. but at least it's a, it tried. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, this is this is it's like, the people hardest. People call Cavalcade a Titanic movie. You know what I mean? It's exactly. Mm. I I think that already ultimately I'm gonna agree with you there though. I think out of the ones we've covered, this is the one the hardest to figure out why. Right. I could I could rationalize any other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one is like what was going on that year. Matt uh, at Umanola asks. Should any of the actors nominated won their category? I thought Griffith and Evans should have won. Should any of the actors have won? Should Finney have won or should Griffith have won? No. Should any of the ladies won? Let's just, when we ask about the ladies, we'll just ask like, how about this? If they were the only three nominated, who would you give he it to? He asked men specifically, right? Um, well, he said that Evans should have won too. So I think that he, actors, he used actors as Oh, like he did that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's start with the let's start with the the male performances. Did you think either of them, one of those had a, had a said, Academy Award winning performance? No. I would agree. I Absolutely not. not. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't understand why Hugh Griffith was nominated personally. It's a clown performance. Yeah, agreed. He's, he's like a he's like yeah. a, a he's clown. Drunk, he's drunk. Yeah. He's literally he's drunk. Literally drunk. One speed. Yes, yeah. and again, on. I don't understand why Finney has a little a little cult following there. Thinks he should have won. I just don't get that. But uh, out of the women, if those, let's say, let's because I mean, you guys haven't seen the other movies, nor have right. I, that that were nominated with that. But which of those three do you think you would have given the win to? Uh, Jenny Jones was great. The actress who plays Jenny Jones. So you would have gone Joyce Redman. Joyce Redman was great. I also, I, I also agree that Edith Evans was great. I myself would have gone with Edith Evans out of the three. I agree with that as well. 
Yeah, although I, I I have to shout out, I thought Joan Greenwood as Lady Belson, who wasn't nominated, was really good. Yeah. And I thought that Susanna York was really good. I thought I, Molly was really good, that, too. Yeah, like, you know, like the, yeah. the female You're theme, right. this movie is all female. I didn't driven. even think about that, but yes, this is a very female leads are, are the winners in this movie totally the men are just like buffoon they just got the pretty face and tom jones and that was it yeah you need no other skills here we have the academy queens podcast great great podcast it comes out and asks us why is this movie absolute garbage yet Di- <laughs> diane salento and albert finney should have won oscars All right. so there's one of the, the albert finney finneyites out there i i half agree with that loaded question yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is a loaded question. Yeah, Finney shouldn't have won. I don't I, think Finney should have won. Diane, Molly, I'm fine with. I think if Diane Salento won, I would be okay with that. She was Diane she Salento. Was she, she, was, <laughs> she was good. She was really good. I would have had her maybe second behind Edith Evans. But, you know, now that I'm thinking about it. Jenny Jones I, I don't awesome. know. She was pretty good in this. Yeah. yeah well, Molly's awesome, okay. too. Yeah. Brits and the Oscars asks, thoughts on the unnominated Joan Greenwood? So we're getting a lot of the, a lot of the other actresses. I I have to kind of call out the unnominated Susanna York. I mean, did I thought she could have been in the mix. She's not in a lot of scenes either. Supporting actress though, it doesn't have to be in a ton. Who's Joan Greenwood? Which character? Bellison. That's Lady Bellison. The end. She's really good. She was good. good. She was like she was pretty venomous. Like I, I I kind of thought she was one of the best women in the mix there. But um, and we did get a, a response to his question. Uh, Owen Daly said, "Best in show, easily!" Exclamation point. Support for Joan Greenwood there. I love the uh, I love the supporting actress love we're getting here. The movie did something right. If we have a bunch of people talking about which is the best of uh, performances, uh, right? There's no correlation there between how good the movie is. <laughs> <laughs> and how many Twitter questions we got? Because what was I, I the will movie say that we got the most for around no. the world in eighty days. No, I, I will. That's not what I'm saying. No, but the other I, one. Oh, he's anyway. saying that there's getting there. It's getting love though in these questions. Yeah. There's some, there's some right, loaded. People questions are saying they should. We're win. talking about right. like oh, there's yeah. five great actress performances. Right. Which I, is the best? Right. I will right. say right. though. All right, I see what you're saying. I will say though, in doing this, I'm sh- shocked at some of the movies that get the most attention. Okay. Because I think I think that there are some of these kind of more obscure movies that people want to talk about and people want to hear about and people want to ask questions about and they want to get their opinions yeah. out there on. You know, how often does someone do a podcast on Tom Jones? It's not very often. So well, this is the first time ever. They're, they're not going to like this. You know, it's episode. like oh, we're doing a uh, you know we're yeah. doing a Titanic episode. Here we go. Let's uh, no crickets. No, no, actually, the Titanic episode did have a great uh, well, they're, great they're, support to if it. If they yeah. like Tom Jones, they're not going to like this episode. <laughs> Well, I think sometimes maybe they like to beat up on it, too, though. You know, because it's like, you know, why is this movie absolute garbage? However, there's great performances in it that should have won Oscars. One last right question. On. This is this is from Below Freezing. Adam's getting another one in there. And I, I want to throw this one out here for a very specific reason. And he goes, is Hugh Griffith the worst actor to have multiple Oscar nominations? That's an interesting question. Tough to tough It is to tough of the cuff, the but I want to throw one out there, Artie, that I think you might want to jump on. An actor that has two Oscar nominations, a lead and a supporting. The lead might have possibly been in a Best Picture winner about someone that defuses a bomb in the Middle East, um, maybe Hurt Locker, Renner. and then oh. uh, Jeremy Renner. He was he's nominated Twice. for Hurt Locker. I almost just vomited. <laughs> <laughs> the town and the town too he was nominated for the town that's one of the rougher nominations that I know to be honest with you he's I don't that's think like like uh, not to make a dark comment but like if after you're if you die and it's like posthumous like 
you know, we gave it to him because he died this year. I, I get it. But to be really seriously nominated for that role in the town for an Oscar? <laughs> a real award? <laughs> what are we doing? So, Artie, in, 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 an, in an acting off, Hugh Griffith versus Jeremy Renner. Who are you, who are you tipping your cap to? Oh, Jeremy Renner. You like Jeremy Renner better? Oh, yeah. Hugh oh. Griffith's a clown. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's a clown. He looks like a little circus animal. <laughs> Wow, I thought for sure you were gonna you were gonna take that opportunity. I, I, no, because he's fine in Hurt Locker. He is good. In I'm not gonna rip on. I that. take offense to this ripping on the town. I love mm. the movie The Town. Okay. I love the movie The Town. Okay. He should not have been nominated for an Oscar for that movie. Why not? Because he's I not know. that good in it. It's a clownish performance. He's not uh, that good in it. He's pretty bad in it. He's the weakness of the movie. How about we flip-flop? If you want to have a fist fight, people can listen to us go, uh, uh. <laughs> How about we flip-flop Hugh Griffith into the town in Jeremy Renner's role and put Jeremy Renner in Hugh Griffith's role in Tom Jones? Who, who makes it out on top there? I think Hugh Griffith crushes it in the town. For a See, I'm thinking Renner kills it as Sir, Sir Western, Fire Western. Oh, my. Except he has a bow and arrow instead of his whip. He's like, just, uh, just for the record, I was like, why don't you like Jeremy Renner? And he said, because it's he's not... Good. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I mean, my, my take In is I, I don't think that's a not, that should be an Oscar nominated performance either. Yeah. I think he's so over the top. He's trying to play like the little pit bull. You know, he's like the short, tough guy. I don't think he's tough in it. Like, it's it's an over-the-top performance, and it's not award-worthy material. You don't either. think he plays like, off Ben Affleck well in that movie? So I think he's I, surrounded by good actors in that movie. But isn't that the whole, the whole nature of a supporting actor, is that he, if he plays off the, the main actor well, that's good? I don't that's think he plays off the, good a- the main actor well. Well, I think he does. So. Yeah. Well, All right. the hey, beauty of listen, the podcast. So did the Academy. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there yeah. you go. Right. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, based yeah. on Tom Jones, the Academy is a credible, a credible authority. <laughs> I win. <laughs> You're a lawyer. We've discredited the Academy as a, as a, a credible authority. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Griffith is rising from his grave as we speak yeah. right now. He is coming for us. He's running through the screen. Him and Joey both are through yeah, the screen. He's like, us. I don't know what I'm mad about. Jeremy Renner's just shooting arrows at you from the bushes. <laughs> is that a horse? Like, uh, well, those are the Twitter questions. Thank you, everyone, for, for, for yeah, shouting thanks, us out. Thanks, and everyone. It's always a blast. Thanks so, for extending the Tom Jones episode, That's, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for the awards. Are we ready for the, uh, yeah, the BPC Awards? We are here. Let's uh, let's get this done now. MVP, get this done. <laughs> MVP of Tom Jones. Artie, MVP of Tom Jones. Jenny Jones. Joyce Redman. Yep. Jenny Jones. Joyce Redman. Okay, the Academy Award winning perform- uh, nominated performance. Thought she was awesome. And I think she's really good in that scene where she turns and breaks the fourth wall. Like, she really kills it. Yeah, that I that that was her, that was her spot in there too. She kills it. Food scene is again. That was a tough tough scenario to have to act out with stuffing your face for three hours and getting that. that and like scene I said, there. that scene gave me a boner. <laughs> oh, okay, said it twice. Uh, I'll go next. I have my MVP as Susanna York. Susanna York uh, as... Sounds like you're just sexually attracted to see yeah. Susanna York. It was a very formative performance for me. Formative? <laughs> uh, I just, no, I thought she was, she was, she was a glowing presence on the screen. And I, she was the only likable thing on the screen for me. Everyone else, 
I was either rolling my eyes at or checking the clock at or just uh, she I she was on screen I was I was very happy to be sitting there watching the movie so she's my MVP and I and I thought she should have been nominated in that supporting actress category as well you know I do like I actually as much as I I have kind of ripped on this movie a little bit I do like the fact that the Academy had the balls to nominate three people. Unfortunately, I think they split the vote. That's probably why none of them won. Uh, I know people always scoff at the concept of splitting the vote, but it's to me, it's not that complicated. Like, people who appreciated the movie aren't, they're not all going to vote for the same There's person. Gonna they're going to vote for the people. people. Yeah, right. And someone who likes Lilies of the Field, they're going to get all the votes over there. Like, that's just kind of how it goes. I don't, I don't disagree with that. But they all deserved it. The acting performances were phenomenal on the female. And I thought there were two more that deserved it, too. So for a movie I really didn't like, I would be comfortable with five supporting actors. That's it, yeah, this is yeah. what I'm getting. Uh, right, that's yeah. the, right. Like, they carried the movie. Yeah. Very interesting. So, Joan Greenwood in the mix there, too. So. But yeah, that, uh, she, was, she was my MVP, though. Yeah. And I loved her in, in uh, A Man for All Seasons, so I want to say she was my uh, honorable mention. I'm not in that, but... Uh, yeah, us, MVP. The composer of the score, John Addison. Good choice. I thought he did a great job. Oscar with, Award uh, winner. Within this, within this score. Oh, he won for this. He won, yes. Yeah. He did a great job. Yeah. Really needed to be unique and, and nail it, and he did. Right, and I hate to... It had to be kind of silly. You it know, did. Kind of thing, and it was, but I, that's... Was purposeful, and I don't know if you noticed, Kieran. You might have noticed as a musician the silly harpsichord when the narrator was talking. Mm -hmm. They were aligned. So oh, cool! The the narration was on tempo with the harpsichord. Oh, wow! I did not notice every that. single that's time. Good, yep, that's a good pull. There. Super cool, like poetry like kind. LVP. Here we go, and I gotta say myself. This one's easy. I've been bouncing around all day because there were so many options. Mm, this one, so many options, and I. I did not even settle. Like, as I sat down to start recording this, I still was not settled in a month. So we'll go. Artie was so easy, we'll go with you first. I know who Joey R. would have picked. I and, think I know who you're going to pick. And I know who I know who Joey R. would have picked, and I okay. think I agree with him on this one. Oh. There's, maybe it's not the one that I think you picked. Square. <laughs> he adds nothing. <laughs> nothing. He's valueless. He is the equivalent to a zero in a mathematical equation. He's valueless. Wow, yeah, sure. He's the least valuable Yeah, person. I mean, my argument with that would just be that I think that there's some people who take away from this movie. And he just... So they're negative. Yeah, there's negative war. Oh. Negative war. Oh, we so have negative wars. Yeah, negative See, wars. He's a, he's a zero. He's a zero. He's a, he is the replacement. He is the wins above replacement. He's the replacement. You know he what? I'll give him a minus one for that scene where he's hiding behind the blanket. You could Molly argue and... negative war for him. You could argue. He's a negative one or two. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, I like this war scale we're using. <laughs> uh, it's LVP. Wins above replacement for those people at home trying to figure out what the hell we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and if, that, if that's not going to explain it, just go Google it. <laughs> Yeah. Which will not help either, I promise. No, and then read a book about it. <laughs> Us. Uh, so, to stay consistent with my uh, theory that there is something good within this, it just didn't come out well. The editing. Mm, good is choice. My, is my LVP. Phenomenal choice, because I didn't even know there was any. The machete right. editing. Of and the I don't have food. names. I'm, so, you know, I'm sorry, but it's just because the pacing was so horrible. And yes, the machete editing. Don't it's be... just a bunch of... Bunch of gets pieced together in some form of attempted story. Um, don't don't be sorry. The editor's name is not noteworthy. Yeah. They probably won't listen either. Yep. I mean... He was up? No, he wasn't, was he? Uh, no, he's not up, no. no sorry. Uh, Anthony Gibbs is the film editor there. Okay, well... We do like to Anthony shout Gibbs, out Anthony Gibbs, you are my LVP. I hope he just rolled over. Uh, he was the editor of Fiddler on the Roof. 
which was up for uh, for for Best Picture. He was also the editor of Ben Affleck's Reindeer Games, which we've mentioned a few what? times. Wow. The Frankenheimer directed project. Good God, hundred years um, old. And just this is kind of somewhat of a contemporary reference. He edited Dune, but the David Lynch, the eighties, nineteen eighty four bad Dune. one. Oh, the <laughs> shitty ass one. That no one likes, so they keep remaking it. Nominated nominated for two primetime Emmys, and they were not for anything notable. So for me, like as I said, I bounced around. I, I think there were a bunch of options here. I could have gone with the editor easily, Oz. That's a great choice. Artie, I thought you were gonna you were gonna go after the DP Walter as uh, Lastly as LVP. I no, thought you were gonna get him. Be, no, I because I'm he's not the least because there were some good parts. Agreed. That's I'm why I ultimately gonna, didn't I'm not gonna either. do that. I, I did Square is valueless. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. Like, Again, you know well, Joey I, well, my, well, my argument why I, w- I would have the DP up higher on him on the LVP scale is, is that he ruined some scenes for me. That scene outside when they're like, they're kicking Tom Jones out of the, the castle because he's drunk and he's carving yeah, the name on the city. You can't fucking see what's going on. And if you did see what's going on, it would suck anyway. But he also but like, he, made he, some scenes for you. He did make a couple scenes, which is why I ultimately did not go that route. I actually thought he did some good things, but it was just a mess. Yeah, and, and again, there were a bunch of other places I could have gone. And while I couldn't couldn't put my put my finger on someone, that made me say, all right, well, when there's all these things that went wrong, I think there's someone you can blame. And I don't like ever giving LVP to someone who won the Oscar because it's kind of like, well, I mean, how can you say, you know, like they, uh, they gave him a statue. This, I, I have done it maybe once or twice. I'm doing it here. I'm going with the director, Tony Richardson. He himself is not proud of the project and he has publicly announced the movie already as you quoted him before so that alone means that he could have made a better project and that means that we would have been watching a better movie and we would be podcasting about a better movie it doesn't get less valuable than that you fucking made my afternoon a little more miserable than it had to be because you didn't put the best you you could possibly do out there so tony richardson you're my lvp he might give himself at the lvp it sounds like (laughs) he might he might and to oz's point i think your point is right there's a really good movie in here. Conceptually. It's lost. It's yeah. lost. There's okay. something there. All right. I don't, lost. that wasn't, that's not, uh, that, I don't fully agree with that. I think there's a better movie than what we had. I don't Fine. think there's a really okay. good movie in here. Yeah, there could be. I could be proven well, wrong. Well, one best picture. So. Yeah. It They're did. always right. It, atypically. <laughs> a typical or atypical? A- atypically. Do you mean it's a typical movie or <laughs> a, an atypical movie? <laughs> You're like, yeah. I'm like, wow. Well, <laughs> That's going to be a game timer. Um, <laughs> participation award. Let's toss some love to someone in this movie. Who needs it? Who's going to get it here? Us. Uh, my participation will be Diane Salento as Molly. Very nice. Very nice. And much like the questions, I think you could give it to a lot of the female uh, mm. characters or leads, but I found her to be very uh, entertaining and charismatic in this movie. Yeah, she was great. Artie. Uh, I'm sneaking to an Edith Evans, a lover. And Thwackham. Thwackham! Peter Bolt. Wow. He's awesome. Thwackham is great. Thwackham is also my choice. Uh, He (laughs) is... He is fucking going for it. He's swinging for the fence. We always, like, we've... Lately, we've been calling out, like, the the guy who doesn't know what movie he's in. 
And this is Thwackum in this one. He just, he decides he's going to, like, much like the guy in, in Titanic who was like, up! There must be order! I'll shoot you down like dogs! He steals the That's, scenes. He, he, he steals, he decides that, you know what, this is my fucking time. And I'm going for it here. Sometimes I, when you just go for it like that, it works. It totally it works. And, and I have one that I just had to write down. I'm like, this isn't even my quarter, but I have to bring this up at some point here. They're like, you know, they're, they're, they're all like kind of explaining why Tom Jones is no good or this or this. And, and, and red face Thwackum is just, his, he's, you can see the veins popping out of his. And he goes, he's an abomination and a monster. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, dude. All right. Like, that's like. I mean, yeah, okay, I guess. That seems like an abomination and a monster. All right, that's very bold words there, buddy. It's a lot of outrage. <laughs> it was outrage. outrage. It was, I was concerned that he was going to into cardiac arrest during the filming of this thing. But yes, already we nailed that one. That, I love it. Awesome. Scene of the movie, gentlemen. Scene of the movie. The breaking of the fourth wall by Jenny Jones hmm. when Squire Allsworth is explaining the parentage of Tom Jones. Connecting the, the dots. She's not the mom. Love that. It reminds me of... Of Annie Hall. Of Annie Hall. Of a little bit of Kill Bill for some reason. Mm. Gives me a little bit of yeah, Kill Bill some, vibe. Yeah, some, some fifth wall breaking. I got that. Fifth wall breaking that. Awesome. Scene of the movie. So, I, primarily, it's the eating scene. That's the obvious one. That's a funny, very funny, almost uh, well-known, legendary scene. But I do, it's gotten some... Uh, we've, we've given it some grief, but... I. I think the scene when he's wandering around drunk is funny. And it reminds me when he's carving on the tree. And it reminds me of the hangover. When he, when he wakes up in the morning walking through the hotel. And the camera's right on him. And the camera's oh, spinning. Oh, true. You know, I think there's, there's, there's scenes in movies that, that are like that, that drunk scene. Yeah, uh, huh. see. yeah. I, I don't. I I like that you liked it. I don't agree. Just no. the lighting alone, I, I couldn't. I'm gonna twist my TV five angles so there's not a glare on it. Like uh, it, it was. Yeah. Yeah, but, but um, it is ultimately the eating scene. Um, however, I wanted wanted to. Yeah, it yeah. There you could shout out a little yeah. bit. And the, listen, the DP was going for it. I mean, mm-hmm. he was definitely. There was no lack of effort mm-hmm. there in this one. So I, you gotta give him that. Right. I'm gonna go with the hunting, the hunting scene, that tracking shot over overhead of of the the hounds and the horses rolling through the beautiful countryside. That's like the one part of the movie that made me think upon another time and like throw me back to the period. I think that's what a period piece's goal ultimately is. Right. Is is like taking you to another time and place and being like, oh shit, like what what went on there for the first time ever. I kind of got a feel for what one of those would have felt like, you know, and. There was that frenetic energy and that chaotic energy that went on there. Uh, have you either of you guys rode a horse before? No. It's pretty friggin' scary, man. It's not like... And I and the horses that I was on were, like, moving one mile per hour. Like, you could walk faster than them. And they're and it's scary, you know? So, like, the idea of, like, going through the hillsides on one, bouncing around. Like, the camera did do a pretty good job of capturing, like, that. You're on top like of that. a yeah. massive creature. You know, like, that's... Yeah, yeah, moving moving very fast yeah, if you're chasing yeah, yeah. something. They're all chasing something. you got people behind you, people ahead of you. We didn't mention that, like, that horse that fell on Hugh Griffith, like, actually fell on him. Almost oh, he him. was hammered. It almost killed him. Wait, he was hammered, the horse fell on him, and he showed, the director showed every minute of footage up until the rescue team ran into wow. frame. Yeah, crazy. To save him. Interesting. Crazy, crazy. Uh, yeah, so I, th- I thought that that was the coolest scene in the movie. I thought it was the most rewatchable scene in the movie. It's, like, the place that I would... I would, I would have. Sure. It's probably the only snippet of the movie that I would would love to throw on right now and check out again. And 
You know, no one's talking in it. Give yourself a break from this movie. Oh, there will be a, a, a lifelong break for this movie. Yeah. Time Machine Recast. Take anyone, any point. Put him in to Tom Jones, 1963. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do, I do want to, uh, this is just, I'm just going to stick this in here now because it's a Time Machine that's type of she, thing. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we to Tom Jones probably on our, our GG episode, Greg. We did the I did a little shout out to Stephen King because it's nineteen fifty eight, yeah, okay. yeah, and fifty eight is both the setting of it. Mm-hmm. The summer fifty eight is when is when the clown terrorizes the the, the town of Derry, and it's also where the eleven twenty two sixty three in yeah. the book eleven twenty two sixty three. It's when he drops him off in in September. Oh, so it's September fifty eight. So oh, we're like, all right, now we're like going back to the time where both of those books went to i was going to mention that book in the beginning when you talked about uh jfk but i was like oh we can't get off track already well here we are yeah, now as yeah, i'm saying so is that yeah. the interesting is that the next episode we have is 63 so we do have like we went oh, to the episodes goodness. 58 to where the lead character gets dropped off and the next episode is 63 we did not do that by by design 11 22 63 yeah there it is yes yeah, so we, we get our, our king reference in in there we'll we'll go through who are we going to put into the diner clo- closet portal here sure. and get him and get him back in time to to 63 ozzy got him uh so i was t- i'm not gonna do it but i was tempted to put brutus the barber beefcake as the barber <laughs> 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 but uh we put uh hugh laurie is al worthy and hugh laurie is the oh. uh he played house yeah he's way well, he's that's that's great. Stage actor, British. Squire Alworthy, the head of the, the head yeah. of the house there. Oh my god, that adds so much to this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to. I was looking for a stage, a British stage actor. This guy Alworthy actor. wasn't even a real actor. He did yeah. like three yeah. things and is that stopped, right? And he became an expert on lighting. Literally, wow. yeah, yeah. He wasn't an actor. Very cool. All right, so I have the same role. Brutus the recast. barber. No, no, oh, no, no, no. I left the I let the barber. You left Brutus the barber out. <laughs> yes. I'm Shawn Michaels. Uh, I also did Squire Allworthy. And I am recasting him with the late, great Fred Willard, who you'll know in uh, all the, the CRISPR guest movies, and he is the head of the network in Anchorman. Oh, yeah. That's Sorry, good. Tom, I, I like gotta that. fire you. Yeah. But, oh, bing, bang, bong. You're fired. Oh, right, my son was on something <laughs> called acid firing arrows into a crowd. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, Tom Jones. Uh, I thought he'd do a nice dry delivery and add oh, a little, definitely. a little bit of a comedic Who are you presence. Him as? Squire Allworthy, like the head, all, you know, he has all, to, when he has to kick, he has to kick Tom Jones out of the house. Up, oh, Tom, you know, I gotta fire you, and then he sends <laughs> him off. <laughs> so yeah, so Fred Willard in there as Squire Allworthy. I like Hugh Laurie in that spot too. That's a good one. So um, I have a shitty one and a weird one. Mm-hmm. William H Macy as Partridge. <laughs> Stand and deliver! The, the barber. Yeah, yeah the, the barber. barber. Okay. I, I actually do like that a lot. And then I have Mel Brooks as the director. <laughs> did you? Oh, you recast the director. Yeah. You know, Mel Brooks the director. Yeah, I did. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I, I want that. It'd be better. I, I had uh, I had one other one I wanted to put in. <laughs> Let me hear it. Like, come on. What is it? It's a little goofy. Come but, on. Uh, Artie, you really were, were, were loving on the narrator who I... Didn't necessarily like. Oh, love, come on! I like the narrator. It's fine. I, I don't. I didn't disagree with your points. Like uh, you made good points, so I laid off them a little bit. But I'd like to put. Um, I'd like to put Daniel Stern in and get the Wonder Years narr- <laughs> narrator. In this Can we thing. get the song to the little guitar riff too? We get the guitar yes. riff. Yeah. Well, our hero's about <laughs> to do something that we can't show you. <laughs> but it was an important summer for him and for all. It was all a formative of us. year for him. <laughs> So we'll just have to go to the next scene. 
Yep, I thought that I would be uh, it'd be good. We got the Wonder Years narrator. In there. Oh, okay, it's time to do the one to fives here. Tom Jones, interested to see where we're going with this one. I have a feeling this is going to be ugly. This could be interesting. It could get interesting here. We're going to start with well, we should say what the what the three of them are. It's the performances. Is section one, section two is how the movie's shot, how it's presented on screen, and section three is the story and how it's told. That's the screenplay. That's the script. That's the whole themes behind it. All that stuff. So. We'll start with the performances, and let's go, Oz. You looking ready to go here? What, what number are you giving it? Two. Give him the two. Okay. Yeah. There was enough in there to, to not get the one, but I, you know, we're, I think we're, especially me, reaching to really compliment what's going on with the performances overall. Artie. I give it a three. Okay. The females do a really good job. Like, a really good job. So when you have a bunch of characters doing a really good job, I'm not going to give it a two or a one. But the men are not very good in this. No, they're not. No. Yeah, Flat um, out, that's the way I see this movie. Three for Artie, two for Oz. This is kind of a weird one where I was debating between three numbers. And those three numbers were one, two, and three. And ultimately, I, I could not give it a one. Because you get, get the three Oscar nominees, the only movie's ever done it, three supporting actress nominees, the only movie's ever done it. And you, you lean towards thinking they deserve it. And I liked them. Right. Yeah, I liked them. I, I don't necessarily look at any of them as ones that like should have won or I'm upset that they didn't win. Like It's a clear split of the vote, and I don't think that that's a travesty of any kind. But that being said, I'm not going to give the performances one, even though I did not like anyone in this movie as a whole. Like I, The characters I thought were all unlikable. Maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. But I, other than Susanna York, I really, like I said, I didn't really like anyone as a whole on the screen. Then that's where I was like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go too. And then now it's like, well, you know, those three ladies did kind of put Oscar nominated performances out there. And I don't disagree with them. So maybe I liked them a little better than I initially thought I did when I was watching the movie. I also lumped so, in two extra actresses. Yeah, I did too. So I'm, I'm split between both of your picks. I'm going to, I hate to say I'm going to go with the two. I'm going to go with the two here in this one. You really it, hate it, the it's, it's it's Yeah, well, the problem is is that the lead. The lead just, it he sinks it, it for me. He, and I think that a better performance could have made me like this movie more. If I put it up against the other movies I've given a three to already, this would easily be the, my least favorite. So when I look at it that way, I'm, I'm much more comfortable giving it a two. Yeah, that's when, so, you, that's yeah. when you think about where you're ranking it. You know, Amongst you, the you other best picture winners. Three, yes. right? If you have anything, is a three. Next is how the movie is shot, how it's presented on screen. This would be the set design. This would be the camera work. This would the two. Be... Going two. Nothing I don't really have much to say. It's it's not good, but it's not pathetic. Like the costumes are pretty good. That's about it. Mm. You know, it's not it's not garbage. It's not garbage, yeah. but it's not good. Awesome. I don't I'm, have much. To I'm add. giving this a three. Um, it's a little bit of a roundup kind of kind of deal because we, we don't do the half numbers here at BPC, um, and I'm including what I what I mentioned a few times before and what I think that there is influence from this movie in future movies, and I'm sticking it in this category as opposed to the to the next category, which gives me a little bit of a tick up. I don't think it does anything special on its own, but I want to give it a, at least a little bit of. Uh, a, a little bit of love for for what I what I think it does for for future comedies and and how some of the tools that future comedies use hmm. um, in this movie. I will agree with that. There is definitely something there, and maybe that it's leaks more, forward. It might be more appropriate in a different category, but 
I'm kind of sticking it in this one. Okay, um, I'm gonna be the bad guy here. I'm going with a one. I. How, how bad of a guy are you? I give it a two. Yeah, uh, ones. I don't give it. I don't. This is the the first one I've ever given out in in the second category here. It, how it's shot? It's That's, it's shot poorly. Yeah, I, I think there's scenes where I can't see what's going on. Um, <laughs> you know, the 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 director of photography Walter Lassley did end up winning an Oscar the following year for uh, his work in Alexis Zorbis. That's a black and white film. So, you know, that's when, they, at this time, they were splitting the color in the black and white. So cinematography, black and white, so the colors. So he went for black and white, which makes some sense because I think that just in watching this, he kind of feels like maybe he was more suited to yeah. to put together a black and white movie. I thought while there were a couple of, of scenes where I liked the camera work, just the pieces to the whole did not add up. There were too many, too many gimmicks, too many ideas, too many spices in the soup. It just, it, it doesn't work. Some of the unique things, just because something's unique, I don't think that means it's good. I like, I think it, it's always oh, is different. This is unique. It's like, yeah, all right, but it wasn't good. I think if we look at a movie like The Sting, where The Sting used similar type of gimmicky devices with like the swipe of the screen and the but they were also mimicking 30s movies where that was a little more common and they did it in a a an even way it was evenly distributed throughout the film and it was cleaner and it was presented in a, in a more professional manner this movie it seems like it was rushed it was rushed to be put together it was rushed to be filmed. It's like one of those where, like, you had some ideas here, but you didn't put it together on paper, and teacher can't give you a good grade. I'm sorry. So it's getting a one. It's a tough one. It's tough. I, I feel bad because there were some scenes that I, I did like, and and to me, like, a one should be, what are we discussing here? It's, right. it's a no-brainer. One should be no-brainers in my mind. So I, I have a little, it hurts me a little bit to give you one when I'm unsure. I rounded down. Okay. It so fits I'll, appropriately I'll, with uh, LVP as director. We're all about consistency here. That's <laughs> it. Story how it's told. Here we go. The Sting cinematographer is all time, by the way. Yeah. So he's all time. The other one is Gordon Willis in, in Annie Hall. Already you brought it up. He's fucking great. He uses yeah. the gimmicky stuff and he does it well. Yeah. So a story and how it's told? Story and how it's told. Here we go. Uh, what do you got, Ash? I'm giving it a one. Yeah, I'm giving it a one. Wow, so it surprises me a little bit, guys, because you guys were praising the screenplay quite a bit throughout this thing. So I thought that might have given it a little bit of a nod or a little bit of a bump. Well, I, I maybe my rankings are more appropriate a two 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 than a two one three. Okay, yep, that's and that's that's and how that happens. Sometimes. I couldn't yep. figure out where to where to put it, and maybe maybe I should be at at two two two. Some of the scenes. That I liked, I stuck it into the, the how it shot category. Right. Such yeah. A, yeah. And and that's a, you round up in one category, so, you round down. So in the where next. I I put it, I put the the drunk scene, the all the double entendres, and the um, floral entre, um, the floral the montage. dating montage and the eating scene. I kind of stuck that in uh, in in how it shot as right. opposed to the story. Mm. Maybe that's wrong. Yeah. Um, well, hey, I mean, I think no, that that's a really as good long as it. you distribute it. Yeah, appropriately yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it all works yeah. so um all that being said i give it a one two uh <laughs> I, oh, it's a one it's a one it's poor, yeah it's story. it's yeah. a poorly well, told story uh, what is the story right, that, what is the story right. what is the message what are we when trying you have to, to say look into it to figure out what, what are we watching? trying to say here what like it's and if it's just it's like oh it's a comedy it's like all right then why are we giving it the best picture award like, why am i not laughing yeah like Step Brothers is a story too that makes no sense that has nothing to do with some funny performances and i love Step Brothers. it's one of my favorite movies of all time 
but I would never present it in a in a best picture light. Like, because there's nothing, there's no story. Having being told said that, Step Brothers, we got a five, five, five. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the story category, Step Brothers would run into some issues. I don't know, man. They do a good job just, telling a bad story. I just couldn't find my inner dinosaur. I just couldn't couldn't get it. They promote, but Ted, but Ted. You're a human being. You, you could never be you know, a dinosaur. Yeah, what'd you end up giving? One one two. Two one one. Two one one. Two one one. I went three two one because I gave a lot of credence to the female acting performances. Yeah. And as you were a I'm sorry, a two, two three, three one. one. Yeah. Or so or two, three, Oz and, one. yeah, uh, Oz and Artie two, very two. similar. Um, yeah, so. But so going. Back, I think that lines up with pretty much what we've said through. I think yeah. you're right um, when you say, "Oh, just for being original, for original sake, you can't give that much credit." This must be one of the the first movies to get Oscar looks and uh, eventually win um, that really went all in on the Raunch. And some of it, it did pretty well. That's a good point. And I'm not saying they did it all effectively the whole time in any way, but it's harder to do Raunch than it is to do violence. That's a pretty good point. That's a pretty good point. point. I mean, I think we we keep bringing up Annie Hall, but I think Annie Hall would be another one. There's a lot of sexual dialogue and sexual content. That's where I disagree with with, uh, this being compared to to Woody Allen, because it's not, Woody Allen's not raunchy, necessarily. But but verbally Uh, he is. Verbally, there's some definite R-rated language in that that Yes, yeah. But <laughs> suggestive dialogue, I think, is how they describe it in the rating system. So. I, I don't think it was like a raunchy movie for the sake of being raunchy. I think he, they tried to do something. Did they swing and miss? Yeah, potentially. But I think there was there's some things you could pull. From well, I don't think you right? can call it a swing and a miss if it wins Best Picture, though. That's the other yeah, side yeah, of it. Yeah. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. Yeah. If anything, they like had their eyes closed, but they swung and they hit a home run. You know, I mean. Yeah. Oh wow! Great point. Great analogy. But to us, it was a swing and a miss. Yeah. And to yeah. most people, it, it was it a bad was swing. Like, <laughs> I'm well, not the ball gonna, went out of the park, but it was a bad swing. I'm not going to recommend it to anyone. Yeah, it's... No. I would would want to know whose favorite movie this is. And I'm sure there's people out there who this is their favorite movie, but I... Maybe JFK. Now, all that being said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shit on it when we do the rankings, so... <laughs> well, here we are. 1 to 93. Where do you think it's going to end so up? I Us. Yeah. Theoretically have... I think there's probably about 15, like, clunker movies, as I That you've seen on. so far? No, no, no. That just in general. Seen. No, some I've seen, some I haven't. I'm just, just kinda, assessing that I'm there's just probably like 15 clunkers. from what I've seen. I'm thinking there's, like, 15. And, and even some of the movies I haven't liked that much... Um, on on our list, uh, I wouldn't call them like bad movies. They're just lower, like movies in the sixties or uh, it ranked in my sixties aren't bad movies. They just got to rank them, and someone's got to be there. This is probably on the high end of like the bad ones, or the very low end of the ones that aren't that bad. So I'm putting it somewhere in seventy five to eighty. Probably eighty is where where mm. I would end up. Yeah, so you think you're, you're thinking there might be like ten plus that are a little worse. Than yeah, that. yeah. And I'm that's me not being a musical person yeah. at all. And at this so, pl- at this time, roughly how many you think you've seen? Probably a half, third of them. Maybe close about, to a half. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm about caught up with what we've with covered. This, plus, yeah. and we've you know, covered. We're we're over it, the 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 third mark now. Yeah, yeah, and there's definitely ones that you have not covered that I right that, right yeah the, the gladiators and the forest gums the, the gladiators right? yeah. the forest gums yeah the, the obvious ones. So. All right, interesting. Artie, how about you? I'm pretty sure this is going to end up between 80 and 85. Okay. So you're thinking that there's probably like eight. like somewhere from like 8 to 10 worse, maybe a little less. Yeah. So I already know some that I haven't seen that are worse, like West Side Story. Mm. 
So, for those of you scoring at home who have been listening along and wondering, you know, because uh, again, I'm, I'm very pretty positive on this thing. I'm, I'm usually finding the, I'm usually defending a lot of these to, to people who are like, why did you make me watch yeah. this? If you're scoring at home and wondering, you know, I wonder when the end of this thing, when we do all the rankings, like, what is, what is Kieran B's last movie on the list going to be? And I'm telling you today, folks, if you're listening to this right now and you care, take your little notepad out and jot this down because we have a big, big contender for number 93 nice. right here. This is a major contender for, yes. for number 93. In fact, I said to myself today that I need to rewatch a Broadway melody and try to figure out where it stands. I need to, I need to, because I ain't watching Tom Jones again anytime soon, if ever again. I need to figure out where the two stand against each other, and I need to do it <laughs> soon, because I want to do it in somewhat of a close proximity to this, so. I have a feeling about 25 minutes into Broadway Melody, you're going to go, yeah, no, this is Well, what's right. interesting to me about that, though, is that a couple of our co-hosts here have had yeah, but decent not... experiences with it. All right, though. they had a four-person hanging out, Drinking group experience. They gonna have that with Tom Jones. They gonna have that with Tom Jones. I don't think so. There's gonna be people crawling out of the bathroom windows to get to their cars to drive home. Don't think so. I think they'll enjoy it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll see. If they enjoy Broadway quality, they can enjoy anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, we do. We do need to say again. We were gonna have the the top uh, the the first thirty movies we've covered. We have the rankings episode coming up at the end of the year. That's gonna kind of be our last episode of 2021. That's a, a, that's a very tough project. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, done. well, I'm yeah. Wait till it. wait till next year. We have forty five to rank, and then it's going to be sixty, and it's going to you know it's going to climb up. Where our goal at the end of this thing is to get that definitive BPC ranking in place. Going to be very good. And Oz, you were you're like our our overviewer. We yeah. the midway through, you kind of come in and you you correct yeah. us a little. I judge bit. people from a distance. Right. We pick a nineteen thirties movie. We talk about it for a little bit, and then yeah. we go through the rankings. So that's. Hey, it. Artie, I got a question for you. What do you got? What was the worst experience watching Tom Jones or Chariots of Fire? They were equally laboring. No. Nope. Equally nope. laboring. The first time, the rewatch of Chariots of Fire was harder. Hmm. Interesting. Because that movie curious, has nothing man, to it. For someone who's known Kieran a long time, you got two fucking clunkers that you had to watch this season. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, though. Our Chariots of Fire episode... It doesn't episode... have anything to do with knowing him a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Char- uh, Chariots of Fire episode is one of our most downloaded episodes, and, and we've gotten tons and tons of positive... Have you seen the movie? As it's, it was a str- I watched it one, the one, one time. It's so bad. Really bad. I didn't... I don't it's like watching a gym class for two hours. That, I, I wouldn't... <laughs> That movie's gonna is lower than than this than right. Yeah, for, that's for why me. I have it eighty yeah. to eighty five because yeah. I can pretty much name yeah. six of the and eight something movies like, I have later. Like Oliver, like I hated Oliver. Me too, dude. So that's low. We we'll watched it this uh, morning. No, I didn't. <laughs> and I would have. I would have. Was that, on like, a, like a poor English. I, I, I would have finished I in the afternoon. I love. I love Oliver. <laughs> and you finished in the afternoon. I know. I know. That, I know that, see. I can't yeah. with that. I just I stop. I just can't. I do have to say, uh, it's fascinating to me that you were not all over the narration for this already. I, 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 I found that it. pretty good. I, well, I found that interesting. I'm like, it, it, half the time, it wasn't even accurate as to what you were watching. It was like, Tom Jones, this animal is incorrigible. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> why? This hot chick in the woods wanted to give him poison ivy on his penis, so he went with it. <laughs> like, is that incorrigible? <laughs> like, grow up, narrator. Uh, man, I gotta say too, like we're about poison ivy. What about all these? Yeah. What all these like seventeen hundreds STDs he's got? He's probably inventing some STDs here, going bouncing around this. <laughs> oh, he's, totally. 
<laughs> Artie's mentioned poison ivy on Tom Jones' He's dick like a few times. Very tonight. scared of poison yeah, ivy, Artie. It's I have a thing with poison oak. I go to the hospital and get steroids every time I get poison ivy, yeah. so I don't. I'm conscious of it. On your, question, on your golden wiener? I had poison or? oak on my penis. <laughs> I did. I played manhunt with my friends in high school, and I hit around a tree, a tree branch, in mesh shorts and a boxers. Because boxers, boxers were a thing back then. So I wore boxers and mesh shorts, and I wrapped around a tree branch and got poison oak, poison oak all over my legs, my arms, my penis. I had to take. I had to take steroids. I missed a week of school. The steroids. This is this is what it said on the bottle of steroids. This is what it said. Please avoid exposure to sunlight. May cause suicidal thoughts. Jesus. I went. What the fuck am I taking right now to fight poison oak? And on top of that, I had to rub this cream all over my fucking body. Artie's like, so I snorted it. I crushed it up and snorted it, and it worked. Great. So anyway. Listeners at home, I would like to remind you that you're the one that chose to listen to a Tom Jones podcast, <laughs> not us. All right, we're just the ones recording it. Oh, my. Okay. Um, we figured out one mystery today. Recommends. If you if you just listen to this shit, <laughs> where are you going to go next? Oh, my God. Um, so what, what, if you listen to Tom Jones, if you watch Tom Jones, if you listen to Tom Jones podcast, you probably need some therapy right now. But um, if, if you... If you watch Tom Jones, where do you go next? Whether you liked it, whether you didn't like it, whether you need a palate cleanser, whether you need more Tom Jones in your life, what's your next pick? Can I go first? Because I've been itching to do this one. It's your show, baby. What, for what, recommend? I don't know that I was itching as much as you were when you had the poison oak. <laughs> Not on my pain. For what, you recommend, you're up to your For my recommend. All right, let's, let's hear your recommend. I'm just fucking so happy this didn't this movie didn't come up, even though it kind of did in a couple small ways. This movie is an incredibly underrated comedy, and it's hard to think of it that way because we, it's been a part of all of our childhoods. But I picked up Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. Did you pick it, too? I'm a little pissed off. Uh, go on. Yeah, the, the yeah. OG Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. Because it's that trilogy that there are so many jokes in the three episodes yeah. that meshed in, you forget how smart and how good that that first one is. Yeah. And there's a lot of Tom Jonesy stuff. He dresses like Tom Jones yeah. in it. There's a lot of Tom Jones illusions in there. It was definitely uh-huh, very funny. clearly influenced by it. We talked about the eating scene, and the and the and if you think about Austin Powers with the, where they're naked and they're doing the, oh, yeah. the things with it. Oh there's yeah, a lot it reminds of that me of like the chess pieces on his yep, nipples. Yep, yep, you know, yep, like the, oh, yep. Yeah. the banana, like putting the yes, banana out. Yes, uh, yes. Even like late, well, the this food, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. there's there is a lot of that in there. I have to think that Tom Jones influenced that a little bit. And it's kind of just a better version of Tom Jones yeah, in every way. Like yeah, it's and it's a smart movie. It's a good satire. It's largely. A pun on the James Bond stuff, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But it, the movie is is pure gold. I double featured it with Tom Jones my first watch. I watched it immediately afterwards and just loved every second of it. Brilliant. And uh, loved it, loved it. So what, was that was that your guys? No. I ha- Yeah, but so you guys stepped on both of mine. Dicks. Uh, <laughs> poison oak dicks. Um, <laughs> Already stepped on which one did he step on? Wouldn't wish it on so my worst he, uh, enemy. Mel Brooks immediately jumped out at me. Yes. Okay, all right, so he has to fully step on it. Uh, I had men in tights listed. Oh, um, well, he completely stepped on it. And I know, yeah, like three times. <laughs> I, okay. um, I know apparently Mel Brooks doesn't like that he became like parody guy. 
uh, with mm. his movies. Um, well, but, what was he going yeah, he for? He chose that. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, guess like, producers, he did it. Well, but... like, he is kind of like parody guy with his between like Spaceballs and I mean Blazing Saddles. I guess is a bit of a, yeah. a, a parody. Um, but, young Frankenstein. Yeah, I mean, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, he only uh, makes parodies. Yeah. Well, Men in Tights was actually my my. Re- well, first of all, I wouldn't recommend anyone watch Tom Jones right. <laughs> because that's in line with my recommendation. But again, they've already seen it. What's next? So that's the only, the idea, the only right? way I would recommend Tom Jones is if you want to see all the BP ones. That's right? one yeah. way, and if you watch it and then watch it again and then talk about it with your friends with some beers is the only way I would you know like that that's it there's yeah. no there's no other way but I also had Austin Powers for all of the reasons that, that you say this one yeah and then to Gabe's Gabe's question before about like what is a modern example like it's, that's exactly. that and I think that alone is oh, like that's not anywhere that. close to well I was I didn't want to step on my recommend like you didn't either already and you're gonna go next here with or, or that was Ozzy that didn't, Ozzy didn't want to step in your game. And were you yeah. talking about Austin Powers? I was, <laughs> no, I was talking more about, I was I was thinking more, Not I don't know if it's, what's modern is the a question too. I was thinking more about Mel Brooks' movies. Yeah. Maybe that's not a good answer because that's not really modern. Mm. Yeah, it's 20 years after the fact. I mean, like yeah. the 80s stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to imagine like a, I mean, a current day. better. Like a current day best picture nominee that's anything like Tom Jones. Very hard mm-hmm. to to come up with what is it gonna be like a Hugh Grant movie that's like, I don't know that's uh, that's maybe like maybe like a Four Weddings and a Funeral I think it's you're not that mo- much you're like more that, likely though. to get maybe an Emmy uh, potential yeah like a show um, like a, yeah. yeah yeah TV show yeah that's, that's a good point Artie recommends you just saw Tom Jones where are, we, where are we going next I went with a comedy that audiences love that I don't like okay <laughs> Wedding Crash Wedding Crash <laughs> yeah okay they also hunt quail <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what's the the <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, Artie, you recommended Wedding Crashers, which like. you hate Wedding Crashers. Everyone matches. likes it, and listen, if you like Tom Jones, which is a movie that won the picture that I hate, <laughs> you will like Wedding Crashers, which is a very funny movie, apparently, that I hate. So, enjoy. Wow, he just took the opportunity to bury Wedding Crashers. Listen, right. and it was selfless of me. Wedding Crashers. How about that? How about that? How about Wedding Crashers just made the list. Yeah, there it is. It made the it made the, <laughs> made the American Pie list. Oh, it's been on the list. Oh, that movie is just <laughs> the Don McLean list. Yeah, the Goodfellas list. Yeah, yeah that's I think Goodfellas. that's what it is. The Goodfellas. The Goodfellas list. Goodfellas yeah. list. Okay, as we say in the beginning, this is not a who should have won podcast. We do like to talk about the other movies that were nominated this year. I know Artie especially likes to talk about those movies. Get off my lawn. (laughs) We're going to start with, by request of Oz, Cleopatra, the three-hour and 12-minute G-rated epic. Sounds great. It's uh, directed by Mank. Talk about other three-hour movies at all. (laughs) Don't like Mank. <laughs> Joseph L. Mankiewicz directed this one, and it is Queen Cleopatra the Seventh of Egypt experiences both triumph and tragedy as she attempts to resist the imperial ambitions of Rome. Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton, Rex Harrison, Oz. What do we have to say about a Cleopatra? My theory on Tom Jones winning this this year. Um, has to do with Cleopatra. I think Cleopatra was the was the Oscar uh, swing. You know that mm. that was like built up to be the Oscar movie, and it just it kind of fell flat on its face. Interesting. And, and then they went in. they went yeah. that alt route. And it, I suppose why do you think? Because the movie just didn't turn out good at all. Oh. And mm. uh, it, a lot of problems on set. 
with the filming. I mean, the budget back for 1963 was $31 million. It's like almost, that translates like almost 300 million. That's like 200 million. 300 million, million today. Yeah, that's it's crazy. The, the enormous budget. Like the, uh, apparently Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton were really hard to deal with on set. Dick and Liz. Big problems. Uh, so building up to this, it was probably like, oh, that's going to obviously be the, the Oscar winner. That's the epic. Thirty-one million dollars in nineteen sixty-three is equivalent to two hundred and sixty-five million budget and a half dollars. Like, like a yeah, Marvel almost movie, almost yeah. two hundred and sixty-six million dollars. And just given the historical period piece with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, I think that was the obvious uh, shot at the odd. Uh, they, they made that thinking like, oh, this is gonna, this is gonna yeah. I mean, I, I gotta say... Has anyone seen Cleopatra? I haven't. I, I did pick one out to watch this year, so we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. I would... I love Elizabeth Taylor. I really do. Like, I, I'm, I'm always down to watch anything she's in. I think she's super formative. Um, three, <laughs> three hours and 12 minutes, breath. though, of a bunch of people dancing around in Egypt in sure. costumes. Yeah. I don't, that, that's a, like, three hours, 12 minutes. It's a, it's a commitment. It's a commitment. It sounds dynamite. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe one day we'll get there. But it yeah, did win four Oscars. It win. won cinematography, yeah. color, <laughs> breast breast picture, breast. best cinematography, color, best art direction, set direction, best costume design, best effects, yeah. visual effects. Look, if, if nominated you, for picture, nominated for actor, leading role, Rex Harrison, nominated for sound, film editing, music. If you make a, a three hundred million dollar equivalent movie with uh, Richard Burton as Mark Anthony and Elizabeth Taylor as Cleopatra, you're trying for the oscar right well that would be the yeah that would be like, people would throw it. the old quote that, oscar bait i think would be it. the term and, and it's that, one of those things i don't catch. love that love that term myself that's, but, that's signing mookie yes. Betts and max scherzer you're sure. going for it yeah. yeah and and it seems like there was some brushback on it as you said i was like they're mm-hmm. kind of like oh here we go this yeah. big giant thing they're they, not did gonna... they not get along dick and, t- dick well, they and were married oh they're married so At i guess they were having I don't know that. I'm not sure if the issues were uh, between them as much it would, as it was just the whole process. They were like they're just high maintenance. When there's, high much, maintenance. when there's that much money involved, there's too many spoons in the pot, as we were saying before. Mm-hmm. Like the elephant, chefs in the the elephant budget alone in that movie was probably like a million dollars back then. All right, yeah. next we have... Uh, America, America. Elliot Kazan directed. Elliot Kazan, we discussed on our Gentleman's Agreement episodes, Director Gentleman's Agreement. We'll also pop up again when we do On the Waterfront, which is a much better movie than Gentleman's Agreement. A young Greek stops at nothing to secure a passage to America. We're coming to America. That doesn't sound bad. Starring Stathis Gialilis. All right. Whatever you say. It's too late in the podcast. Maybe we have to do Greek names. Frank Wolf, Lena Karam is in there too. Won one Oscar. I know that Elliot Kazan won the Globe for director too. So that was like the one that the that Richardson did not win was was the Globe. But it won for art, set, direction, black and white. It was nominated for best picture, director, original screenplay. I'm just so glad to be past Tom Jones that we're on top of this stuff. <laughs> this is rare. Honestly, usually, usually, like, usually we get to the other nominees and you're like, I have no idea what's going on. Honestly, man. I feel a sense of relief, like a weight has lifted off my shoulders because that movie is You never gone. have to return. I don't have to return to that. I'm done with it. I could say I watched Tom Jones twice in three days and I've lived uh, to tell the tale. Okay, next we have, I think this is probably the one that appeals to me the most. It wasn't the one I watched. We'll do that one last. But it's uh, How the West Was Won. And this is a John Ford-directed picture. John Ford famously has the most wins for Best Director in the history of the Oscars. Really? Yep. 
and uh, it stars James Stewart. John Wayne's in there. What an American our, our, name, John our, Ford. Yeah, Jesus sure. Christ. Okay, James Stewart's in there. John Wayne's in there. Gregory Peck, the uh, BPC, LVD Canada. <laughs> it's a it's a star studded cast. Henry Fonda in the mix. Carol Baker, Carolyn Jones. All right. Lee J. Cobb. It's a ton of Carl Malden. It's a ton. It's it's an all star cast. Debbie Reynolds, like just we literally got. up and down the end. That's so that's one of those where it gets the nominee based on that alone. Just short of three hours, two hours and forty four minutes. It's a family saga covering several decades of westward expansion in the nineteenth century, including the gold rush, the Civil War, and the building of railroads. So kind of like a manifest destiny western type of deal. I mean. You know, it's got all those those Western all stars in there, from John Ford to John Wayne. So yeah, it's a little bit of an ensemble situation yes, there, yes, right? Absolutely, and one I I would love to check out. So yeah. I did Lilies in the Field. Ah, That's the one I watched. Hour and thirty four minutes. That's let's nice, let's nice crisp, talk, baby. Yeah. It's a little over ninety minutes. Yeah. Why did you lose that bat? No, that's how he. That's how no, we're I tried, doing Tom Jones. Yeah, I try to. Yeah. <laughs> it was I liked it. A lot. Was it like better Tom than Tom Jones? Um, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's yeah. Listen, I, I try to watch one nominee every every time just to kind of chisel off. This was also a Best Actor winner. Sidney Poitier won Best Actor in this one, so I can knock off a Best Actor winner and a Best Picture nominee. Love Sidney Poitier. We'll talk about him more when we get to in the heat of the night. Okay. He's yeah, yeah. The lead deal in that, but uh, he's the first the first black actor to win to win Best Actor at the Oscars. A black actor wouldn't win again until Denzel in Training Day. Wow. Denzel's the real deal, man. Oh yeah, and and. I love. I don't care what anyone says. I love his performance in that. I thought he was in what training. Day? Yeah, and it was. Oh ama- my god! And of course, it's just the type of role that doesn't normally get honored. So I'm happy that they went on they a limb. Fuck Benzel that shit. One. That's a phenomenal yeah. screenplay, phenomenal director, phenomenal acting. That, yeah. that movie's a masterpiece. Yeah. And ironically enough, Sidney Poitier got the honorary Oscar that night too. Oh, so yes, it worked out well. Uh, but Lilies of the Field. I mean, listen, this is not a great movie either. Like it, it's uh, it, it's it's performance driven. He's the best part of it. Essentially, a guy, I mean, here's the description. A traveling handyman becomes the answer of the prayers of nuns who wish to build a chapel in the desert. Um, so, um, I totally thought Sidney Poitier deserves that Oscar over over Albert Finney in, yeah, for portraying Tom like Jones. It. But yeah, yeah, but it's, but, uh, yeah, Ladies in the Field was, it was okay. It was good to, it was good to watch Sidney Poitier get, get his, uh, get his Oscar there in that one. Very sister acty, very um, going my way, okay. same type of deal. The Outsider comes in. No, oh, not a musical. Right, right, right. No, not a musical. Maybe okay. we'll cover that one. Uh, maybe maybe we will. We'll maybe back. we will. Yeah. When we circle back, that's right. It'll be your, your guys' choice. But uh, So that is it. We've done it. Tom Jones is in the book. Oz, you've yeah. uh, <laughs> you've gotten another one in the mix here. Well, yeah. well we got to get you to the top of the tier. For no, no, it's so. okay. That's okay. I didn't expect you guys to like it. I didn't expect to be the one that liked it the most. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny how that works? But, like, you never barely, know what that's going to be. Barely. Yeah. Well, you know. We were both three, two, one. Someone's got to cross the finish line first, though. Yeah, I had uh, it. Yeah. You know, I had it higher than everybody. Yeah, it's, it sounded like you were you were on on top. And that's funny how that works. That's, and that's yeah. why you know we always insist to not talk about it. Yeah, and don't get me first, wrong. Just, I didn't like this movie. It was just it was <laughs> kind of a it's chore. based on the system. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of a chore. But hey, you know, here we are. It was definitely a chore. Yeah, rewatching it, living in it was brutal. But if you, I mean, God bless if you're listening to this and you really like really like this movie. You know, 
Good for you. Yeah, there that's you it. I mean, it's a different... Uh, tweet the B- BPC account and... Uh, come at us. And, come uh, at us. We want to hear it. And, it and again, we're always looking for that interaction, whether you like this or not. <laughs> if we, we might have offended you and you might not be listening anymore <laughs> at this point. It's, yeah. But uh, it's, we, we want the feedback. We want to hear what you think. And, you know, there's going to be movies that we praise up and down that you think are terrible movies, too. So that's just kind of how it works. Uh, Artie, close the book on Tom Jones for us. What are... Closing thoughts, anything to say? So, here? if you don't think Tom Jones sucked, tweet us. But uh, Tom Jones sucked. <laughs> So, talk that's to you right soon. there you go gentlemen thank you for joining me for this one i know it's just, we're getting cool, in, so into cool, that man. that end of the year crunch here and uh we're, we're we got one more best picture winner to do how here. many how many ep, um best yeah, picture episodes uh, movies have you covered in this season are we up to with this one so this is episode 39 our last best picture winner of 2021 is going to be the best years of their lives which okay. was voted on by twitter Oh. And that is going to be our 10th of the season. So there'll be five okay, cool. left as we head into 2022. I saw that that's the movie you put up the poll about that and um, uh, Ordinary People. Yes, yes. It and beat out Ordinary People in the end. Ordinary People. Yeah. 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 Wow, Which you've really? seen. I have seen that because yes. you gave me You'll this, be on that. Yeah, that's going to be me and Chris. Do you right? like, That'll be me and Chris like Ordinary People? We'll save it for the episode. Yeah, that's Party. right. Give me a hint. Hold out. Nah, you don't get that here. We don't talk about the shadow, though. Yeah, that'll be me and Chris G at okay. one point. This should be fun. But yes, yeah, so we have uh, this. This is going to drop on a Monday. Thanksgiving will be Thursday. You'll get our our very special Thanksgiving episode. It's going to be uh, Stand by Me. Oh, good one! It's going to be a fun episode. It'll yeah. be myself. Never seen that. You never seen Stand by Me, huh? No. Oh wow! I, treat are you yourself. Joking? No. Oh my god! Yeah, treat yourself. Maybe Much better maybe than Tom Jones. Watch Tom Jones again. <laughs> I'm going to watch Tom Jones again tomorrow morning, yeah. but maybe I'll watch Stand By Me. Yeah, yeah it's uh, myself, uh, Joey R., Chris G., the same crew that we did Shawshank Redemption last Thanksgiving, keeping that uh, that Stephen King Thanksgiving thing alive here. And then we have uh, Best Year's Lives, and our Christmas special will be coming up. Artie, you're going to be a part of that, and it's going to be a first watch for you. I don't know if you know what this is about. Have we dropped this on you yet? Uh, no. It's going to be me, you, Joey R., Grant C., and okay. we're going to be doing Elf. A movie you've never seen. I've never seen Elf. Yes, so you can bring uh, you can bring the girls in the mix, to bring your daughters in the mix, and, so they can and, watch this and watch this one with you. Yeah, this it should is be safe good. to watch. Yes, yes. So that will be coming up in December. That's exciting. And the same crew will be doing Best Years of Our Lives, so and gonna... you'll be on the last episode of the year too, which is when we rank the well, season yeah. one and season two together. The the, the thirty I have my top thirty, the 30 rankings. Ready. It's going to be You're a lot of gonna fun. You're actually going to do Elf and Best Years of Our Lives at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you everyone for li- who is still listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, we no just covered. Goodbye, everyone. We just <laughs> we just covered a movie, Tom Jones, which was born to be hanged. Yeah. I promise you that. And I would like to say. Just on closing, go Braves, 2021 champions. Winners. Taking it out next year, too. We'll see. Go Braves. We'll see you next week. We're talking about you and me. And people Do we meet one another crack? We pick our hearts and we say goodbye. We cut our hearts and we hope to die. Because the other was to blame. Neither one.